Po. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 Text 84850 Tweet at LBC 973 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Friday, still no snow. We still look out of the window in vain hope that we're going to get it in Scotland, in Wales, yes. And they've said, what have they said, nine o'clock in London. What time will I get home? Long before that. Long before that. So, bad news if you're coming into town. It did make me laugh earlier on when I heard Duncan uh, saying that people have been stocking up on food. They've been in all the supermarkets stocking up. I'm thinking, what, for one day of snow? It's the same people, isn't it, that probably go out and stock up. They, it's, it's all the people I'm feeling sorry for this morning are those people who've got to suffer with the fact that Jordan's got married again, another five-minute wedding. On the front page of The Sun this morning, a Simon proving how intelligent she is. Psychic told me to wed. <clears throat> and she said, a, a medium said a man I'd marry was called Kevin. So she's married Kieran. Because she said, well, they both begin with K, don't they, I suppose, in the sad, bewildered world of Katie Price, a.k.a. Jordan... Uh, she's got married, so uh, the kids will have to introduce themselves again to somebody new. That'll be nice, won't it? She's only known him a matter of weeks. So, of course, in Jordan's world, that's true love. Uh, I reckon, what do we reckon, over by October or November? Which one do you reckon? One of the two. He's June. You think she, producer thinks June. <laughs> I'm erring on the side of caution, thinking she might actually get as far as Christmas. And then it'll turn out, because he's already been on every game show under the sun to try and get himself famous. And so all he has to do is have a fling with her. And let's face it, she's a dead pushover. She's not exactly difficult to pull. Peter Andre can pull her. God knows, it can't be that difficult. And so she's got married on a beach. Mainly because I don't think she's got an income at the moment. She doesn't have a reality show. Uh, she's got nothing to sell, so she better sell the only thing she's got left, which is her, her pictures <clears throat> to the newspapers. And it's an exclusive, but everyone in the world doesn't got the faintest idea who she is. She's badly made up here, very badly made up. Uh, all the fake hair. And the boyfriend looks as camp as the proverbial Christmas tree. But there again, he is a stripper. And you know what they say about male strippers, ladies and gentlemen. The majority of them swing both sides of the fence. So what are we giving it? Well, the producer says June. I'm saying October. I think it might go that far. I mean, she's, she's desperately lonely. She's very lonely. She can't help it. It's not her fault. It's just that she's vile to every single husband. Every single person that she bumps into doesn't like her. All her ex-husbands, I mean, she's vile about them afterwards. Absolutely vile, poor soul. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave everything in on the programme this morning. And uh, Shane says, I'm in the centre of London, not a flake of snow. Why does everybody panic when it snows? Um, well, I don't know. I suppose because we don't see it that often in London. We see it because it's, it's lovely and warm here. And this morning it is warm. There's no ice on the cars. There's no nothing. There's not a frost on the ground. The, uh, the water barrel, I, I tested the top. It's not frozen. So, you know, if it's, it's going to settle, it ain't going to last too long, is it? But it depends how hard it comes down. Uh, Steve, you can't freeze vodka. I didn't say you could freeze vodka. It's alcohol. I said it's called frozen vodka. That's what they call it. When you, perhaps you haven't been out to posh bars recently, but they call it frozen vodka. It changes its consistency when you keep it in the freezer. It thickens up a little bit. So uh, you never, ever, you never, ever can actually freeze vodka. OK, but uh, you always keep it in the freezer. Mark says, why are we being such drama queens over the threat of impending snow? Everybody would have to go out and work, otherwise the nation will be an economic meltdown. You know what they said yesterday? They said yesterday there's another 140 names of shops on the high street that will go this year. We only predicted three the other day. We only predicted three. We predicted HMV, but that was on the cards ages ago. Bad management, 170 million quid in debt. 
And, uh, but then we, we saw the demise of our price, we saw the demise of Virgin. There's obviously no need on the high street to actually have a record shop. You can buy it all online, you can download it for half the price. I just feel sorry for all those people ripped off by HMV who had those vouchers, which, which they happily sold before Christmas. Yeah, of course I do your voucher, knowing that something was imminent. They must have had forewarning of it. Let's face it, you don't just close a shop straight away. You, you go through lots of discussions and things like that. But uh, they're still trading, as far as I know. They just haven't decided to take the vouchers, so you're kind of stuck with them, I'm afraid. What, what vodka would you recommend? Um, I only drink Grey Goose. I'm afraid, or Belvedere. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch anything else. Depends what you. Suppose you can go and buy a cheap bottle of Polish vodka for about six or seven quid. You can go and buy Bison, I think, which is very cheap. Um, I've got a very expensive bottle of Polish vodka, and I can't remember the life of me it was called. Given to me by by my friend Kasia, who is Polish, so of course she knows a good vodka. And I think is it Grey Goose or Belvedere? One of them is Polish, the other one isn't. But I, I like that. That's quite nice. But they're all good, aren't they? It depends, depends how much vodka you drink, I suppose. There's a big vodka bar in London. In Vegas, they've got a, um, a vodka... What have they got? It? It's, it's called an ice bar. In the middle of one of the hotels in Vegas... And I can't remember which one it is now. Which hotel is it? But they've, they've actually got... You, you have to put on a thermal suit to go and sit in there. They've got one in London, too. And you put on a special suit, don't you, when you go in there? The producer, of course, would know this. You know, he's been to these, these sort of low-life places. <laughs> Which is... You know, it, I love it look quite good, but you all sit there looking like Eskimos drinking vodka. You might as well stay at home, mightn't you? Just turn the heating off or sit outside. Get roughly the same kind of things. Uh, 84850, steve at could be prosecutions following in the Tesco meat scandal, the horse meat. I still want to find out from yesterday how far this goes back and how long we've been eating the blooming stuff. I mean, obviously it doesn't do you any harm because they serve it in restaurants. It's just that we don't like the idea of eating horse meat. It's, it's, funnily, the, the, the stuff that we don't like is all the stuff that they eat uh, across the entire universe. We're the only ones who don't eat this stuff. Horse meat. I bet you anything, in a year's time, it'll be quite common to walk into Tesco's or Waitrose and buy horse meat. You can buy everything else. Why can't you buy horse meat? 84850. Steve. Uh, Andy says, I've just seen a couple of tiny flakes. I mean tiny. In Burnt Oak, in North London. <laughs> I like that. So Andy's on the bus, probably, sitting there. They're desperately trying to find some flakes of snow for you this morning. Uh, 84850. Steve at uk. Um, I'll tell you what I watched on the, on the television the other day. It's called The Sheriff's Men, and they're bailiffs. And they go round, they get the court orders, and they go round to uh, non-entities, and they take back goods. They seize... It's amazing how people tell lies to the bailiffs. So perhaps... I don't know what, whether you, uh, our bailiffs that we have listening to the programme every morning in London would are considered sheriffs, or whether they're considered... Bailiffs. I can't quite work out what they are, but nevertheless, they go around and they enforce the court orders. And they say we've got a court order here to seize goods to the value of whatever. We will make a list of everything and we'll take it all if necessary. They went to a car place in. Where did they go to a car place in Greenford? They went to uh, some bloke's house because he'd uh, he cheated this woman about of her drive, and he's got all these expensive cars on his drive, and so they made a note to come back. Anyway, he ended up paying up in the end. It's the threat of the fact that the bailiff has got the official court order. 
and that means that they are enforcing it. He said, I'm really not interested. He said, and there was some woman he went round to. She was, a, she was a crook who'd been doing leaflet distribution but not paying people for doing it. And so he went round. She said, oh, no, all, all, all the stuff has been put into the, into the new company's name. And so, consequently, it's not my stuff. And he said, no, I don't believe you, you're a liar. And it turns out he was right. Anyway, she, she coughed up as well. Because these people don't want that hanging over them. Apart from the fact they've got television cameras aimed at their front door looking at this company called Walker's something. Walker's Distributors. Anyway, whatever it was, they didn't come over as very pleasant at all. The moment somebody says, I want the cameras out, you know they've got something to hide. There was some bloke as well who said, no, I haven't got any assets at all. No assets, I haven't got anything at all. Nothing. Come and have a look. Nothing at all. They managed to find stuff. They managed to find stuff. Belvedere, lovely, says Mike the Bouncer. Oh, my God, says Alice. She's married again. Those poor kids. I'll put a tenner on the cracks appearing by Easter. Yes. I mean, this is, this is Jordan's uh, wedding after a psychic told her she'd wed somebody called Kevin, and he's called Kieran. But it's close. You know, if, if you're as dumb as she is, I suppose that's fine. But it's a good way of making a bit of money out the papers. The sun probably paid a bit for this. No doubt there will be the party when they come back. Organised by her gay friends, a makeup artist and his boyfriend. Apparently, it was the boyfriend, the uh, the Phil, the um, the one who does all the stuff with MDF, who uh, who found the male stripper for her. I bet he did. Oh, I bet he did. They were all over Leandro Penner like a rash, I'm afraid. Whose best friend now is Tom Daly. Tom Daly and Leandro Penner are apparently getting really well. He's teaching Tom Spanish. Because Tom, for some reason, Tom Daly's learning Spanish. Can't harm, can it? You know, learning a uh, a new language. So good luck to him for that one. And he's, he's far more pleasant out of all the people. It was my misfortune the other day to see... A pre- it must have been an old one. It was Pete Does Christmas. This is poor old Peter Andre. And it was all, it was all a bit naff, actually. It was uh, Pete, who loves his kids, as you know, really loves the kids. And they were all out there. And they did go to Kittler. They went where we went, but they, they went on the cheaper version. They, they, they went on the one, and he had to go with his agent as well, Claire, who pitched up like a giant balloon next to him. And they went and enjoyed Huskies and Father Christmas and all that kind of stuff, which was lovely. We did it, but you need to do four days. Can't cram it all in in one day. So, so much better. But it was, it was just that Pete comes over as a bit simple. I mean, really a bit simple. And then I watched another programme. I was watching so many things yesterday and trying to remember all of it. And it was on people who were tweeting. And it was a girl who'd been out with Peter Andre's brother. And for some reason, she'd, she'd gone onto the internet and she'd read that while she was having an affair with him, he'd been having an affair with somebody else. And this person had tweeted or put this, put this sort of stuff up on the internet. Either it was, that was Facebook or whatever it was that they put it up there. And so this woman is going, excuse me, I used to go, she made the big mistake. I used to go out with... Peter Andre's brother called Andrew, I think. And, uh, and I didn't know anything about this. Can you tell me what, what you're talking about? And thus started a dialogue with an internet troll. You know, one of these mentally ill people who just sort of latches onto somebody and then they write something like, uh, I don't like you. And you <laughs> couldn't give a toss. It actually make any difference to anybody. But she followed it through. She kept writing backwards and forwards, thinking she was getting the answers. But it, all the time, this internet troll was actually... Um, gaining more and more headway on it. She was quite clearly mentally ill and uh, didn't have anything to say. And in the end, the police came around, they confiscated the computers, the phones, they took everything away. And it, could, it can get yourself into a lot of trouble. Anything that you put on the internet that isn't true can get you into trouble. If you tell the truth, though, always easy peasy. Quarter past four. Morning, 18 minutes past... Uh, what is it, 18 minutes past four? We're still waiting for the snow. 
One or two flakes seen by Andy McCall on the bus doesn't count, OK? We're looking for something a little bit a little bit more uh, more desperate than that, I'm afraid. Poor little Richard says, why are you rude and nasty about Katie Price? I hope she sues you. You silly little girl's blouse, honestly. Don't be silly. Sues for what? Sues for what? Oh, dear, honestly. Engage brain before opening mouth in future. Uh, poor old Suzanne has just come off warfarin. She says it's playing havoc with my sleep patterns. This is the blood thinning... Uh, agent, which generally given to, to people after stents. I came off it as well. I went on it, and in fact I stayed on it a bit longer than I should have done. I think I was on about two years. And uh, then I came off it. It's all fine now. She says, uh, I thought I'd better say hello to my Facebook mates and real-life friends. Paul, Diana, uh, Helena, and all buck- booked in for the magic show. Lovely. It's what we like, uh, what we like to see. Uh, Dave says, uh, if I'm able to walk the dog in the snow, that's fine. If not, I've got an old treadmill. Should do the job. Um... It's only going to last for a day. You talk about it like it's Armageddon or something. It'll come down later on today. We'll have a blanket of snow tomorrow. Gone. And we'll all be going, oh, where did that go? And you all started panicking and buying soup and bread and for one day. I mean, blimey, if you can't walk out in the snow. It's not like we can have 30 foot of snow and you might better make it outside your front door. You know, unless you, unless you don't have the ability to walk which a few of you probably don't have, well, then it's going to be quite easy to actually get outside. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, I had a hilarious conversation, says Lizzie, about the HMV opinion you, d- you delivered recently. She said, uh, I only commented to say the comments are very funny. Oh, I, know. I know. Three people. It's so funny, actually. Three people. We don't really worry about those, Lizzie. I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about three people. It kind of uh, is kind of good. Um... One here. Uh, oh, this is, this is another one from some... I don't know what her name is, actually. A little bit... Uh, uh, it says, um, uh, you moan about a staff member who used one of the computers to deal with an inquiry. No, you don't. You see, quite clearly didn't hear it properly. You quite clearly didn't hear properly. They don't know anything behind the counters. They have to go to the computer. Do you have that in stock? I'll have to go and check. That's what they do. You know, if you don't understand that, then you're too stupid to start with. And it says here, uh, who cares if a staff member has tattoos or piercings? I do, pal. I do, okay? Luckily, we're a free country. I don't want it. I don't want it in a shop. It says, it makes commercial sense. Listen to this stupid line here. It makes commercial sense to have a varied team of staff. Goodbye. (laughs) I think not. I think not in that situation. And it says here, some music fans may have tattoos or piercings. That's different. We're spending the money. I don't want to be served by that. Luckily, we're in a free country. And I have an opinion, and I'm allowed to express it. It's as simple as that. If you don't understand it... You're too stupid. Exactly. If you've got tattoos and piercings, your problem. Good luck getting a job. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. But if I was an employer, I wouldn't want people with tattoos up their neck and piercings. Unfortunately, it doesn't make any difference if you're sort of, you know, presenting a radio programme. You could be stark naked as far as I'm concerned. But I don't want to be served by somebody in a shop. That's my right. That's my right. I take my, my business elsewhere. And quite clearly, everybody else in the country took their business elsewhere. And that's why they're closing. It's as simple as that. You know, can't make it any, any clearer to somebody. If you don't understand that, well, then, as I say, not your problem. Uh, will the voice be back, says Dawn, for another series? It will indeed. I know for sure because they recorded the blind auditions with the swivelly chairs mid-December last year. I went to those for the previous series as they were held at the television centre. For this next series, it's going to be in Manchester. Yeah, they've moved a lot of stuff out of television centre. They've either gone to Manchester or Glasgow, which is a long way to go for a blooming show, I'm afraid. So uh, soon they'll be recording the next stage, Battle Rounds at Fountain Studios, which I know very well indeed. So I've applied for tickets. I've heard that the format has changed a bit this year. Apparently, there will be opportunities for the coaches to steal other 
coaches, contestants. There'll only be three live shows at the end, too. I think there were about six live shows last time. Yet they, did, were they not cancelled due to lack of interest? I seem to remember on The Voice, didn't they? They, um, they, they couldn't get people to buy tickets. I seem to rem- That's right, the tour was actually cancelled. So that, that didn't go ahead because there was no interest in it. I don't know. What, was it because people weren't watching the show? Or was it because people were watching the show and they decided it was a pile of old pants anyway and didn't want to go? I don't know. People turned off, didn't they? I, th- I think it's the fact that we've stuck Will I Am on it. I mean, who's interested in, who's interested in the opinions of Will I Am and Tom Jones? I mean, I, mean I, just, I just don't think the BBC knew. I think they thought they were being really clever and doing youth kind of stuff. You know, by putting Will I Am on there. But if truth be known, the majority of BBC viewers are going, I'm sorry, I have no idea. Who is this? Will I Am. Never heard of him. I thought of you watching Loose Women the other day. I can't remember who it was, says Dawn, but one of their guests likes sandwiches, Brussels sprouts and cheese. Apparently it's very tasty because the cheese melts onto the hot Brussels. I might try it myself. I like Brussels. Cheese. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Brussels sprouts and cheese in a sandwich. Does it not? Does it? Oh. Did the Brussels sprouts not drop through the bread? That's the only thing I can... I, can, I can't think of anything else, actually. I can't think of... of well, it would drop through the bread, would it not? 84850 Um I watched uh, a very funny video on Facebook yesterday, says Caroline, Steve, and um, it was <laughs> two men in a pantomime horse costume galloping around Tesco, calling out for Mummy and Daddy. Tell me seriously, that's not on Facebook. She said, a bit of harmless fun. (laughs) I love that. Martin the cabbie, he said, it's six degrees, Steve, at Heathrow. No snow here. And Paul and Alan from the ambulance crew says, uh, they want to pop by for that tea you promised the other week. I told you, but listen, we can't let, for security reasons, we can't let in the building. I tell you what, can you give me some laughing gas from the back of the ambulance? Have you got any spare bandages? Anything like that? Needles? I'll take anything. I'm not bothered. I can car boot anything that you can uh, you can go. Kevin the Milkman says, Steve, it sounds like I had a close escape from Jordan. Yeah, well, everybody is, I think. And uh, another one here. Uh, Dorman Dom in Twickenham says, I love LBC and Steve Allen. I know the fame spreads far and wide. More people listen to this programme than anything else. At this time of morning, we have the audience. We have the biggest audience in London, bar nothing. Bar nothing. Every other radio station down there. We're right up the top. Right up the top. I love. I'm going to have to check out the Facebook video of men in a pantomime horse costume calling out for mummy and daddy around the beef burger department. I think that's that sounds absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, And I did when I was on the train yesterday, going back from Waterloo. We went past, and I just happened to be staring out the window. I thought that building looks familiar, and it's the one where the helicopter crashed because that's at Vauxhall. I saw the blue flashing lights because they've closed off the roads around there. And uh, and you could see the crane and the bit that it took off. And you could see the building as you come out of Waterloo. It's on your... As you're coming into Waterloo, it's on the left-hand side. If you're coming out of Waterloo, it's on the right-hand side. Uh, One Direction are over in Japan, putting on little kimonos that don't quite fit. I don't know, I'm kind of a bit bored with One Direction now. A little bit bored. It's, I mean, there's a, a particularly bad picture of one of them. He's obviously chewing gum, but the gum's in the, in the corner of his mouth while he's smiling. It looks a bit, a bit naff. You've got Harry Styles with that uh, bit of a girl's blouse hair thing going on. They're they're looking less and less like a boy band and more like a mature male band now at the moment. They're not the boy band that they were. They're supposed to be appearing somewhere. Where are they appearing? It's at the Brits, I think. Will they be singing live, do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Do you think that they will be singing live? I don't know. I don't know. Molly King is looking for romance. 
Yes, I sound, most people on the Saturdays are looking for a man's or an audience. They're probably looking for an audience as well. And apparently, after we mentioned yesterday on the programme that the lotto is going up in price to two quid a ticket, but it does mean that if you get three numbers, you get 25 quid as opposed to a tenner. Admittedly, a bit further down the line, they've cut the prizes, the actual amount of money. So as opposed to, I think, a thousand, as opposed to 1,500, it's a thousand. You lose 500 on it. And I thought, well, who cares? Most of us only get three numbers, so you get 25 quid. And they've said hard-up punters are threatening to quit. Well, don't buy a ticket then. They're not going to change their mind now. They don't care about you. If you want to buy a ticket, you'll buy a ticket. All the other people who buy loads of tickets say, great, great, we've got rid of all the poor people. That's how they'll be looking at it. Some say it's a tax on the poor. No, if you're poor, why are you wasting money on the lottery? shouldn't be wasting money on the lottery. You should be buying vegetables and stocking up for the big freeze. 84850, steve at When security come to get rid of the pantomime, also I almost fell off the chair laughing, says... This one here. I can't wait to see it. What does it come under? Does it come under anything particularly interesting? Particularly interesting? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Try and weave as many of these in as possible. Katie Sad Price, says David. He said, uh, the marriage will last until spring when she wakes up after the harsh winter. I mean, I can't believe it. She's only She's known him since, what, just before Christmas? About three weeks. So, long-term relationship. It's the kids you feel sorry for, isn't it? And who, who is this that's sharing Mummy's bed? Oh, right. He's not coming into the bathroom, is he, while we're in the bathroom? I'd be panicking if I was those kids. Yet another strange man comes into the house. And they, st- you know, you've got the kids running around. You're thinking, I don't think that's right. I'm sorry. Especially the amount of times her relationships don't last. In fact, none of her relationships last. Not one of them has lasted. Not one relationship has lasted. She couldn't keep the first one. And the second one went haywire. Third one pff, went nowhere, because uh, whether he was cross-dressing. And Leandro Penner, the only sensible one out of the group, said she's not right in the head. Well, we all know that. She's quite clearly not right in the head. You don't marry somebody like that when you've got kids. I mean, unless you're particularly stupid. But, of course, she is particularly stupid. Dappy is also particularly stupid. He's been found guilty. He spat at somebody. I'm sorry, Dappy. Any bit of low life that spits at people is quite clearly common gutter filth. And that would have to be you, I'm afraid. You could face three years in jail. Mm, you'll like it in there. That'll be fun. Why don't you go spitting at a few people in prison, mate? They'll have you so quickly out the door. Not, unfortunately, in the right kind of a way. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth Hurley. Not Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Hurley hit a TV reporter for six at an airport by mouthing her to... Off after she tried to question her cricket fiancé, Shane Warne. Shocked, Katie Price, that's with a C, it's a different one, uh, said Hurley swore at her as the couple left Perth after his Melbourne's team defeat. I've I've seen other people do that. If you're pursued by the paparazzi all the time, I get it constantly, the paparazzi pursue me down the road, Steve's, oh, go away, just bog off. You know, I'm really not interested. And they do pursue, eventually you're going to snap, aren't you? And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that so they can get a picture of somebody snapping. I suppose it, it works well for them. Not for everybody. Not for everybody. Who's this one here? Who is this person here? Rita Ora. I don't think about Rita Ora. What do we know about Rita Ora? Is she... She sings, yes, good. She's got eyebrows. Very big eyebrows. Very, very dark eyebrows. Very dark eyebrows. Is she any good? No, she's not any good. All right. Oh, no. Nobody round here fans, I'm afraid. But uh, the good news is that Mark Wright's relationship is still on. And uh, he was uh, he was with Michelle Keegan again. I love it. He tweeted so many times on on 
his birthday or, yes, yeah, somebody's birthday. And you think, how did they find that out? Because he told them. He then tells them, I tweeted 91 times. Otherwise, you don't sit there and count them, do you? We love exposing the hypocrisy in the newspapers, ladies and gentlemen. We do it every morning between 4 and 6.30. It's London's biggest programme. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. number of people tweeting me this morning say you should run a sweepstake for people to guess when Jordan's married bliss will end. Well, I suppose, I mean, I suppose you could err on the side of caution and say it'll be lucky to go the month. Lucky to go the month. She only known three weeks. I mean, I don't know how many times you can have sex in that, uh, in that time span, but presumably she's introduced him to the children. That'll be exciting. They'll be going to tell Daddy, won't they? When they go home to Daddy, they go, Mummy's got another man in the bedroom. And we don't know who he is, but we don't like him. <laughs> He's, I mean, it must, must be a bit worrying for the kids when they grow up. They're going to look at all these pictures, aren't they? Of sort of, you know, mummy with all these various relationships, mummy being drunk, mummy falling over, mummy face down in the gutter, mummy looking Botox, mummy looking ugly, well, most days. You know, I mean, the, the, the list is endless of what you could say about poor old Jordan. Poor soul, honestly. Uh, B and Eugenie out there in the snow, two of the, I mean, you know, the worst members of the royal family to send out and represent Britain. Why would you send them out? I wouldn't even send their father and their mother I mean, you can't think of a worse family, to be honest with you. All of them are deep, deep embarrassment. I mean, can't they think of anybody better to send out to represent Britain in Germany? All they've done is they've just driven around, you know, and on a freebie. That's all it is. They've driven around in a mini. Air Miles Andy, of course, well-known in the royal family as being the freeloading one. And, of course, uh, his wife also knows about freeloading as well. And so they've just gone out there. They've got a picture of one of them, Eugenie. Who's the most attractive of the two? The other one just looks odd, I'm afraid. The other one is Beatrice. And Beatrice is slightly peculiar. And obviously in the cold and the snow on the ground, no coat. I mean, dumb or what? But anyway, they're there with some school children, possibly raked in from the local school to stand there with a the flag. They've got no idea who they are either. So they're in keeping with the rest of the country. Uh, poor old Lauren Harry is in the papers today. Lauren Harry says, she, whenever she feels a sneeze coming on, she, she has to brace herself because... Her shoulder dislocates. Every time she sneezes, her shoulder... This must be absolute agony for the poor soul. She's 20. She has to go to hospital to have them put back in... Play. Well, I mean, I sneeze on regularly on this programme. Absolutely regularly on this programme, I sneeze. Imagine if it put your shoulder out each and every time. But anyway, it can happen up to 20 times a day. She works at McDonald's. She says, it really hurts, but I hardly ever cry. People ask why I don't claim benefits and stay at home. Really? What sort of people are you hanging around with, love, who are saying, claim, talking of claiming benefits? Oh, worst programme in living memory on the telly yesterday. I'm flipping through it through the channels, and there she was. It was about 15 tonne of lard sitting on a settee in the Isle of Wight. And this was one of the fatties that we've got in the country. Uh, there's quite a few of them. There's quite a few of them. We, we've had men before, and it's mainly, mainly due to overeating. If it's a medical condition, we always, we always like to sort of err on the side of caution. This one was purely through gluttony. And she'd got herself up to 25 stone. And she was really, really unhappy with being 25 stone. I thought, well, why is that my problem? Why is that my problem? You're the one shoving it in your mouth, love. You know, if your mother, who was nearly as fat as she was, she lives with Mummy on the Isle of Wight, and her fiancé, who was as big as she was. And, um, and so their, their picture... I mean, this, this poor soul couldn't even get off the... <coughs> excuse me, off the settee. And apparently she was picked on at school because she was fat. 
as indeed everybody was picked on at school. You know, every single, every single person was picked on at school. You know, because if, if you weren't, you were generally the one picking on people. Because everybody was picked on. Too fat, too short, too thin, specky four eyes, bald, ginger, spots. Doesn't make it just sticky out ears. What, sorry? Curly hair, curly hair. You get picked on for curly hair. You can get it for everything. Producers got curly hair, you see, that's why. And so everybody got picked on at school. Anybody who, who says they weren't is a liar, or they were the or they were the school bully. It's as simple as that. Because everybody got picked on at some point, especially when you joined. And so, so there she is, little Miss Lardy, sitting on the uh, the settee. She couldn't even sit up properly because her stomach was so huge. And so she was going to have an operation. Going to have an operation. And and so she, and then the boyfriend and she said. Do you mind me having this plaintive... Why are all these fat people have got these plaintive little voices? Do you mind me having the operation, she said, to make me feel happier? Because she had to, one of these whiny little voices. And he went, no, I just hope it doesn't make you too attractive so that other men fancy you. Well, I was nearly sick. I looked at her, I thought, there's no danger of that, love. There is no danger of you ever becoming attractive so that anybody's ever going to fancy you. And so she's sitting there with her mother, and her mother's feeding her up. And this woman hardly gets any you know, exercise for her. Is probably wiggling a toe. And so what, what the operation is, is they go into hospital and they don't take away all the fat. What they do is they, they tie up things inside her body so that it makes her tummy smaller. So the idea is she, she accepts less food in there. And I'm thinking, are you getting this done on the NHS? What a waste of blooming money. There's people dying out there, elderly people struggling. One woman is in the paper today, six hours on the floor of her house because the ambulances, three they sent, got diverted to something they thought was a bit more important than an old woman lying on the floor. And the ambulance people said, oh, don't, don't worry about it, just, just leave her there, we'll be around shortly. Six hours. Six hours. Whereas this fat lump of lard who'd shoved her face full of every kind of disgusting piece of food known to man gets an NHS operation. You and I pay for it. I didn't actually want to pay for it. I didn't really want to pay for it. In the end, I'm thinking, listen, if you shove that much food in your mouth and you live with your parents, because quite clearly you don't, have a, you don't do work and your boyfriend doesn't do any work or your fiancé, then, you know, where does the money come from? And the answer is, we're paying for it as well. We're paying for it. Like the woman with the dislocated shoulder, people are saying to her, you know, why don't you just live off benefits? I'm thinking, that's what we're going to come into, isn't it now? Benefit culture. You wait till the Bulgarians get here next year. They discussed it on Question Time last night. They were saying, how do people in this country feel that next year there's probably going to be fifty to 100,000 Bulgarians coming over here who will be taking housing and benefits and NHS and everything? And it turned out that the Question Time audience weren't at all in favour of it because the average wage in Bulgaria is €200 Euros a month. That's an average wage. So if somebody's on... Ch you can get more than that per week on benefits here. So they're all going to be coming over here for the free housing. Can our country stand it? No, we can't. No, we can't. We've got thousands of students, jobless as it is. There are jobs out there. But they're being taken by the Poles who don't care. They'll do road sweeping. They'll do anything. Whereas the Britain oh, can't do that. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, dear. Road sweeping? I don't think so. It's a little bit beneath us, isn't it? Which, like, just shelf stack. Oh, I don't think so, no. Shelf stack what? For how much? Good God, no, I'm better off on benefits. I'd take them all off benefits. I'd take everybody off benefits. Unless there is absolutely a real need that somebody it needs to be on benefits. I'd have people sterilised. How many children you got? Four? What are you having four children for? You're on benefits. Stupid person. Stupid family. So, uh, so having watched this woman having the thing, and I think she thought she'd come out of the operating thing. And her father was there as well. He said, oh, thank, thank God she's all right. And I was, unfortunately, I was thinking dreadful thoughts. I was thinking she looks exactly the same. She's like a whale. 
An absolute whale. All they've done is tie this stuff up. I think she thought she was going to walk out of the operating theatre or be lifted out on a trolley, a reinforced one, albeit. And she was going to look about eight stone. Well, of course, she looked exactly the same. But it's a slow process. Eventually she'll... But you know what's going to happen? She's going to carry on eating. That's what all these people do. They burst the stitches. They carry on eating. Even when people have had their jaws wired before now. There's very few people make it through. And all it is is gluttony. It's overeating. It's the sort of people who eat Kentucky... You know, pizza, Burger King, McDonald's on a daily basis. Bad for you. All these third-rate crappy chicken shops all over the place. Open late at night, serve it. Where do you think they get their burgers from, eh? What do you think's in theirs? Ever had them analysed? No, of course you haven't. Ever watched them making kebabs? You wouldn't eat them if ever you watched. Terrible, terrible things. Especially in some of these little cheap places. That's why they're doing it cheap. Most of it comes in from Thailand and China in boxes, frozen, and they just deep-fry it. And it's just rubbish food. It's rubbish food. And that's why you get people obese. Not everybody's obese. Some people are lucky. They can eat curries and takeaways and Chinese and McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and potatoes and chips and fish and anything that's deep fried because they've got a different metabolism. Once you start putting on the weight, and they, and they then went back, her parents produced a photo album and showed us that, uh, that where they were in her life. At eight years old, she started putting on weight. And I thought, and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't do anything about it. You carried on feeding her all this rubbish food. I didn't quite see the point of it. But she's paying the price now. She's never going to be thin. She's never going to be thin because all that fat... She wanted the easy option. I'm very fat. I want to be very thin. Well, stop eating. It's not rocket science, is it? 84850, uk. Uh, says, um, another one here, uh, Steve, you mean rich old Jordan? Well, um, sadly, you know, I mean, she might be, but it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't, uh, help her, does it? She's so lonely, she's so miserable, she, I mean, she really is, and that's why Leandro said of her, she has screw loose upstairs, you know, she's not well in the brain department, and she's not. You've seen her on the programme, and you've seen her in the newspapers. Every time a relationship finishes, it's never her fault. Never her fault. It's always their fault. Peter, it was his fault. Tried to sue him, backfired on her. They they sued and she lost. You know, Alex Reed, he said, you know, she's not all there. She sold him down the river. All right, so he cross-dresses. Good God, I should imagine there's quite a few of you listening at the moment, eh? Who do a bit of cross-dressing. Mainly Jordan fans. Quite a lot of cross-dressers there. And a uh, little bit of a worry, you know. I don't mind if somebody wants to dress up. As long as you do it in the privacy of your own travel lodge, that's OK. That doesn't make any difference to the rest of us. But she's just sad. And I just think it's a bit odd, isn't it? All these men keep parading through the house. The kids run around with hardly any clothes on anyway. Is that normal? With strange people coming in and out of the house? This one, a matter of weeks. I always thought it was slightly odd when they had Harvey in the bath one time. And there's the film crew in there with him. Oh, I thought that was somewhat peculiar. But there we go, and that perhaps just me. Perhaps just me. Uh, Jerry says it started snowing in Petersfield in Hampshire. Well, that's OK. You're far enough out of time for us not to worry about it. I'm looking out the window here, nothing. Not a peanut. But it is only sort of coming up quarter to five in the morning, so we don't need to worry about it yet. But probably, they've said by nine o'clock we could be under a blanket of snow, which is, which is great. Which is great, you know, lovely. 84850, uk. Another one here. Uh, this is from... Uh, well, this is from The Sun, actually. The Sun this morning. Because having, having decided that Jordan is the biggest waste of space under the sun, Jerry Halliwell has fallen for a Russian millionaire. Now, if ever there was a needy person, Jerry Halliwell would be it. 
Little Miss Needy, I'm afraid, and I know firsthand. So uh, I know what I'm talking about. Apparently Anton, that's what his name is, he's, uh, he's very, very rich. She's 40, he's 39, but he looks so much older. They shared a romantic trip to Rome. There's nothing romantic about Rome. It's got the worst graffiti I've ever seen of any European city. The whole of the city is in case. They have more thieves on little motorbikes there. All the kids are on scooters and they thieve handbags. That's what they do in Rome. You know, just ask it, just ask the police anyway. You don't have to take my word for it. But apparently his posh pals include Henry Beckwith, who, uh, who she dated as well. She's a bit lonely, I think, poor old soul. She had a dog once. She used to take it into the ivy, tucked under her arm. This thing never worked. She might as well put it on casters, cut its legs off and put casters on there. Apparently Anton's her type. He has friends in high places and loves shooting in the country. Great. Oh, well, that's a real winner then, isn't it? Because she's, she's not classy at all. She has no class. In fact, if you remember, she used to do, was it Turkish game shows years ago? That's how low rent Jerry Halliwell is. So she, she wants to try and elevate herself, a little bit like Victoria Beckham, to move up the social standing ladder. Victoria Beckham, you know, father electrician. There's not really much there. That's not exactly sort of middle to, to upper class, but that's what she really wants. That's what she, that's what she wants out of life. Uh, I felt extremely sorry for my friend Michelle Collins the other day, who was on a train. She was coming back from an event, and she got on at... Uh, where did she go? She got on her way at Highgate at 7 o'clock. And then a group of drunken yobs got on, girls and boys. And she's sitting there, looking out of the window, minding her own business, as people do in show business, and they start on her. You two stuck up, they go, to talk to us... You're that bitch off the television. And so it goes on. They use, they're using language. I mean, you really wish that you had either a pepper spray or you could wave a magic wand and they vanish in a puff of smoke before your eyes. And so she was confronted by all of them. She said they were so drunk, carrying bottles of wine and talking about where to go and get drugs and stuff like that, mainly because they were a bit stupid. Little bit stupid, little bit simple and little bit aggressive. And unfortunately, I, we've seen them on the police programmes where they try and arrest these people. Uh, anyway, she, um, they were slagging her off in Coronation Street, slagging her off for East End, slagging her off for just about everything and using all this filthy language. You see, what I would love in a case like that, in the back of my mind, would be somebody else to... All of a sudden, three huge blokes get up, sitting the other side of the seat, have been listening, pick up these people and throw them through the window. That's what I'd like. You know, that's what I'd like, if only for my friend Michelle Collins. Why should people have to put up with low lives like that? Luckily, the CCTV, they will find you. LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. I'm still waiting for the snow, still waiting for the snow. Jason says, great show this morning, Steve, very funny. I know, that's why more people listen to this than anything else. As I say, it's so hilarious. I have to, every morning, I have a, I've got, we have a good old laugh in here, I tell you. You know, sometimes when we've had a couple of biscuits, we have an even bigger laugh. But this morning is particularly good when you get somebody who sort of writes in, who quite clearly doesn't like me, but is listening every morning. <laughs> you think, good, good. You're so desperately sad and lonely. Uh, another one here. Uh, it says, uh, I haven't laughed so much for ages. That Tesco clip on YouTube is hysterical. Hysterical. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I really can't. And uh, Andrew, who I think must work for, for Tesco's, he says, we're off to, off to hit the hay. <laughs> Not sure whether he is actually working for Tesco. And he says, snowing in Bracknell. Stop it. Stop it. And it says, snowing in New Spitalfields Market. Don't believe you. Don't believe you. I'm having a look at our cameras. I can't see anything. Um, let me just flick through the cameras here. No. Nothing in London. 
Waterloo, nothing. Spitalfields Market, I remember. Four, 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 three, five, a camera at that. No, nope, not snowing there either. Ridiculous, isn't it? Producer's very impressed. I know to operate the camera system. <laughs> I'm very good. 84850, uk, And uh, another one here. This is from... Uh, <laughs> a taser gun will be handy for people like that, Steve. Which people? Well, people who, uh, who overeat. The trouble is, if somebody's overeating... I mean, if I worked in one of these fast food places and somebody really fat came in, I'd be saying, I'm oh, sorry, we're not serving you, dear. I have to go somewhere else. Off you go. Go, 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 go. You know, go out the door. I've done you a favour. Here's a voucher. Go and get some soup. Go and get some soup. You know, it's uh, ridiculous, you know, that people are served. Because, and the other thing is, what I've always laughed about, is that it's false economy buying fast food. Because it's not value for money. You can actually do things better yourself. But generally, the people who eat fast food, you know, it's, it's supposedly it was for people on the run. They haven't got enough time in the day. Well, most of the people are on benefits. People who go in there, or students. So it's got nothing at all to do with, you know, on the run, you can't afford to do this, you, you know, you've got to eat, because you're quick, 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 you've got to, everything's in a big rush in London. It's not like that at all. You see the people queuing up, they're in no rush whatsoever. There's no rushing for it, it's fast food, but only in so much as it's already prepared. So it sits there stagnating for a little while until somebody comes along and buys it, which is okay, that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you look at how much you spend on it, you know, a wrap in KFC, I think it's about £3.80. And that's just for a little piece of tortilla wrap with a piece of chicken, some squirty gunk in the middle, and probably a piece of cheese. Whoever thought chicken and cheese went together? Not me, that's a fact. And so you go out and you look at £3.80 and you think, £3.80, three you could have gone out and bought yourself two tins of soup, a loaf of bread and a packet of butter. Or you could have gone out to a a vegetable shop, you know, to a fruit and veg place, and bought loads of vegetables, some potatoes, some leeks, some onions, and made a good stew on £3.80, but you prefer to waste it in Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's always the fat ones in the window, though, isn't it? You go past there. Why do they sit them in the window? You'd have thought they've hidden them at the back somewhere. Uh, 84850, uk. Michelle is a lovely woman. She didn't deserve that. I know. Absolutely not. But the trouble is, that's what it's like sometimes in London. Not all the time. You can get on a train, you know, every day. I get on a train every day. They've also said that uh, attacks on the night buses have increased. 50% they're up. This is probably on the drivers, who, as far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't have to put up with anything like this. If I was a driver on a bus and somebody started giving it lip, I'd sit back, turn the engine off and just sit there with my arms folded. I'd wait. You're either getting off the bus, pal, or I'm just calling the police. Simple as that. We'll have you arrested. I don't care. But, you know, there's so many drunks and layabouts in London. It's, um, you know, it's just a bit tragic. But for an actress to have to put up with things like that by sitting on a train because some drug-induced lowlife who probably comes from around the air, she said, they call me a slag. You know, who are these people? What are they? Answer is, they're pond life. Their parents are as bad as they are, I'm afraid. Uh, Snowing in Chigwell, says Lynn. Wait a minute. No, it's not. No, it's not. Honestly, what is the matter with you this morning? I'll tell you when it's snowing. I can check. 84850, steve at uk. We read everything out on the programme. Another one here. Let me try and get around to some of these. And uh, this, uh, this one says, how do you manage to get away with laying into celebrities? I'll tell the truth. I'll tell the truth. And by the way, these are people who actively seek publicity. 
actively seek publicity. As I say, if ever you think you've got a complaint about anything, you must write in. You must write in. If you think you've got a valid complaint, it'll be shot down in flames, but we can try. You can do your best, can't you? Do your little best. Uh, I'm a bit early this morning. I always listen to your show from five when I go to work, but I'm listening early, says a postman here. Lovely. Well, that's good. I'd, I don't. I have a lot of postmen actually listen to this program. We have a lot of postmen, bailiffs, or sheriffs as they're now called, uh, delivery drivers, taxi drivers, bus drivers. We don't get bus conductors, but we don't have bus conductors, do we anymore? Do they? Uh, are there no bus conductors anywhere? There must. No, on the route master. Yeah. Oh, I know. Is that the one that goes to Tower Hill? Oh, I like that bus. I've done that one a few times. I've loaded up my Oyster card yesterday. I got so carried away. I thought I've got an extra twenty quid in my pocket. And, you know, as you do. I mean, I, I keep finding money. I, I went to my pocket this morning, and I sort of, I normally keep, as you know, all my change. And I, I pulled some notes. I've got £15 in my pocket, in, in notes. Look at this. All scrunchy up. There's not a small wonder they don't last too long around here. But uh, I've got loads of money, and today, if the snow doesn't come down, I'm going to go out to, uh, to one of our local supermarkets, probably Sainsbury's, because I think they're the owners who've got it, and they've got one of these Coinstar machines. Have you seen that? And I, I do very well with Coinstar because I can't be bothered. I know it costs 8p in the pound for them to process the money. But to be honest with you, I've got um, a jar at home which holds spaghetti. Well, it doesn't. It's just a very tall jar. And every day I get in, I empty out half my pocket of change. Because I'm not the sort of person, if I go to a supermarket, I don't start counting out, what's that, six, one? No, I hand over a note. Change goes in the pocket, so all my pockets are reinforced now. And then every so often... I take, I empty all this money, because it's now full up to the top of my spaghetti jar, and I empty it out and in carrier bags, got it in two big carrier bags, and I stagger into the supermarket, and I stand there and I pour it into the machine. And I love doing it. And the last time I did it, I had £400 in coins. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a ridiculous amount of money. What I tend to do, I mean, I tend to give it away to people, not just, not people like you and me, quite obviously, but uh, I give it away to, uh, yeah, I might send it to my brother or something like that. We did it last time I went down there, we went to a Coinstar machine, and I poured it all in, and unfortunately for him, it was only 200 and something quid that day, and I went, okay, you can have that. Because it's money, I don't think about it, it's just sitting in a jar, it doesn't make it, I wouldn't give him notes, we don't do notes, just, just, just change. And it's, it's a nice thing to do. They were saying the other day there was a Christmas club on the television and they were looking at, you know, the amount of people who save up throughout the year. I had a friend who used to save up with his local butcher. They might offer a scheme in your local butcher, I don't know, where every week he would go in and he might give them a pound or two pounds or three quid. And by the time he got to Christmas, he'd, he'd amass quite a bit of money and it was enough for him to get all his meat and everything and then drink the butcher, you know, sort of did vouchers for everything else. And he said it was the best way of saving throughout the year because nobody saves nowadays. Nobody saves. You should save. It's, I know it's, it's not easy to save, but it's, it's, it's well worth it, especially if you're just doing a pound here, you know, 50p there. Much, much easier. Uh, 84850, Nicholas says, these fat people have to be transported by supersized ambulances. It costs thousands. Well, we had a case, didn't we, a short while ago, this girl who was getting fatter and fatter and fatter because she was overeating. Her mother was bringing her in takeaways. I mean, the parents must be as stupid as planks. And uh, in the end, they had to take the door frame off and they had to winch her outside and they put big curtains up round so that people couldn't see the fat bird being airlifted out to hospital. And I kept thinking, but she's overeating. It's gluttony. It's gluttony. These people should be made to pay for themselves. Why should you have to pay for it? You're paying for it, though. All these NHS, but you wait. And I'll tell you, next year, you'll be queuing for the NHS queuing for it. No snow in Sydney, says Mitch, but 45 degrees. This is Sydney, Australia. They did a programme on Australia the other day, buying houses. They said it was quite funny. People who went to Australia on holiday came back going, good day. 
G'day. And started talking a little bit like that. And people who've lived in Australia for years talk quite normally, which is wonderful. Uh, on the subject of snow, it's snowing in... Well, I don't know where that place... Where the Dickens is that place? We've never even heard of it. Two inches, wherever it is, Shah. I don't know. I've never heard of that place. Is it in this country? Or are you in an Antarctica or something? Probably highly likely, I'm afraid. Uh, 8 for 850, Steve at LBC. No, no snow in Goa either. Um, so, yes, thank you, Tom, in Canada. That's, there are, I mean, I don't know. Does Canada have the same problem that we have with obesity? America had it first because they are the land of the fast food. I mean, the food, wherever you go, is generally pretty low quality. You can get good, good quality stuff. But generally speaking, people... I mean, we went to San Francisco years ago, and the fast food... We, well, not fast food, but we went into one of these Chinese, like, takeaway places, but it's a, it looks like a McDonald's. And we ordered what we would order here. Sweet and sour chicken, special fried rice, chicken chow mein. Well, each one of those is a meal in itself. And the girl looked and said, are you sure? We went, yeah, 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 you know, thinking it'll be a little tiny piddly portion. And it turned out to be the size of a dinner plate, piled high with all this stuff. And we looked at it and thought... Oh, that's why there's all the people, all the beggars, sitting outside the fast food places. And people, you can ask for them to pack up your food, and they'll put it in those little metal trays, and you can take it away. And people give it to the homeless people outside, who are now as big as whales. They can't move at all, the homeless people. They go, oh, I couldn't eat anything. I've just had chicken chow, man. Don't give me any more, for God's sake. So they start turning it down as well. 84850, uh, sh- Well, Paul knows all about the, the sheriffs. So we'll come back to that. This is the new programme where they go out and it's the bailiffs, effectively, turning up. And they're always big blokes. Have you noticed they're always like that? None of them have got any necks at all. They're very, very big and they look very intimidating. And they're there in case somebody turns nasty. And they've all, they always look quite smart, but they're big blokes. A lot of tattoos going on. Probably even with our ones this morning, I should imagine. And they go out and they enforce the court orders. And it's amazing how people have to capitulate. They tell blatant lies. No, it's not my stuff. No, I don't own anything here. Liar, liar, pants on fire. News at five is next. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. You've chosen wisely. Five. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Big debate this morning. Do I get the toboggan out now or do we wait? I just said to, uh, to a friend of mine, I just said, do you think you're going to get snow? In fact, I, I did tweet yesterday and said, what are the odds of getting snow in London? And somebody said, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't waste your time. And then somebody said nine o'clock. Then somebody said 12 o'clock. Sam said sometime this afternoon. So whatever it is, it's going to come down heavy. So the, unfortunately, the dinner that we had organised for this evening is off. And it's no going to Paul Savory's tonight because he's way out in the countryside. And if it does come down heavy, I'd only get stuck on a motorway coming back or failing that gets stuck full stop. So uh, we've decided to abandon it for a little while. <laughs> not much, not much cop, is it really? Uh, Paul says, there's another Paul. Is it me or do you find the wash basins with the infrared taps on where you pass your hand over a light before the water works? Very frustrating. It only stays on for about two seconds. I don't think I've used these before. I don't think I've used these before. I have got an infrared soap dispenser at home. Sounds flasher than it is, I promise you, because I bought it in Costco ages ago. And it's in silver and you put in a a cartridge of whatever the soap at Palm Olive, I think, or something like that. And then every time you put your hand out, it gives you... And it gives you a a little measured dose. It was quite good value, actually. I like that. I'm very, very pleased with that one. But I haven't seen the infrared taps. As far as I know, I'm still still doing taps which you turn on... 
and then off again. The idea it's in for... I've seen some lovely taps on the television. Some very nice things. Uh, the old podcast in the car park. It's fallen off the end, says Paul. That, that's when Alan Dodger went out there after I got a flat tyre coming in one morning. And so that means when he says it's fallen off the end, they only stay on there... Uh, for a while. So anything prior to the 1st of January 2009 has gone. So you can only go back on this programme to the 1st of January 2009, which is three years, you know, three years plus a little little tiny, tiny bit, which is not enough for many people because the programmes go back much, much further than that. But as more programmes have gone onto the system, it means, unfortunately, that some knock off the end. So as Paul says, it's now 1st of Jan 2009. So if you join the podcasting people, the friends of LBC2 podcast, and we are the most podcasted programme, then you go to lbc.co.uk, you sign up for as little as £2 a month, and even if you sign... I mean, just suppose you sign up for six months or something like that, you can download everything. You can literally do a download fest. You can get as much stuff through the system and hang on to it. It doesn't evaporate after a while. I mean, I would advise you to do it, but that's just me. I don't... Even I don't have copies of the programmes. So sometimes when... When there's been a particular thing I've, I've, I've needed, I've just asked you lot and somebody will come up with it, which is good news. So thank you for that. Uh, on the subject of uh, the sheriffs, we'll come back to those in one minute. Uh, I'm writing to you on the subject of Bulgarians and benefits, says Gal. I'm a Bulgarian and state. Our nation is not lazy at all. We didn't say that. You need to listen. Do listen properly. Nothing worse than people who can't listen. It does annoy me. It really does annoy me. There will be people coming over here. As, as it was, I'll tell you what, go and watch Question Time from last night. It'll be easy. I, can't be, I really haven't got the time to start explaining it to you again. So it's a lot easier. OK, but we didn't say Bulgarians were lazy. I, too, watch the sheriffs, said Paul. The lies that some of the people who were being served told were amazing. One lady ran a tea room, claiming it was owned by another company, but the bailiff noticed that all the particulars of business were in the old name and having had to suffer several hours of the cafe being closed, finally caved in and paved up. One of the bailiffs is called Mark, and for a while I did wonder if it was the one and only. But having perused the listener pictures on the LBC website, I don't think it is. There are numerous pictures of Jordan's new husband online. She's obviously attracted by the size of his intellect. And Yes, we've all seen those pictures. Well, because he's a stripper, and strippers are not known. Although I did actually once, I did pitch up at a party once, and there was a stripper. And the joke of his was that he could pop it in an egg cup. Which I thought was quite a clever trick, actually, but there you go. But anyway, she's obviously attracted to his, uh, his intellect. And having watched Peter, I love my kids, Andrek's Christmas antics, I suddenly realised I thought the whole family were Jehovah's Witnesses. It was so... It was just an odd programme. It was sort of Peter just being filmed for the sake of taking the kids out, filming them. It just... It was so blooming tedious and so boring. He says, uh, I'm almost 100% certain I know what the big showbiz story is you keep teasing us with. Uh, so... If so, it will be as big a surprise, not, as when we found out that H wasn't heterosexual. Now, that was, well, I don't know about you, but that was a big shock to most of us in the business. H from Steps came out and said, I'm gay. Well, I tell you, I could have driven off the road. Dreadfully, uh, dreadfully awful. Uh, morning to Suzanne, who's just messaging all the Facebookers. Smattering of snow in Manchesterford at the moment. So... He says, uh, you're t- um, one here, found this on Facebook. Horsey, horsey, don't you stop, or you'll end up in a Tesco shop. Your tail goes swish and the wheels go round. Giddy up, you're a quarter pound. <laughs> that sounds, do you know, I like that so much, I'm going to repeat it. It amused me. Did you smell the burning as well? Does it, it smells like burning, doesn't it? I was just, I went out just while the news was on. I nipped out to use the loo and I, I can smell burning. 
either that or somebody's had a crafty cigarette. But I don't think they have. It doesn't quite smell like that. It just smells like singed or something like that. Horsey, horsey, don't you stop, or you'll end up in a Tesco shop. Your tail goes swish and the wheels go round. Giddy up, you're a quarter pound. Sounded better when I raised my voice at one point. I sound very good at reading these things out. I love that, actually. I like that. It sort of amuses me. It's because there is a clip on YouTube this morning, and it's of two people dressed up in a horse's outfit going round a Tesco's branch, calling out for their mummy and daddy. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you, ladies and gentlemen? You couldn't make it up, I'm afraid. But we need something today. Uh, Very glad to report, says David in Streatham. There's no snow here as yet. Please let it stay that way. As last year when it snowed, I ended up doing a Torville and Dean special in my road and bruised myself. Actually, if you fall over at any age now, you can seriously damage yourself on snow. You don't know what's underneath it, do you? Awful. As for takeaway eating, benefit-grabbing Jeremy Kyle candidates, they really annoy me. I've never claimed a penny from the state and worked all my working life, and it annoys me intensely. The work market isn't brilliant, but there is work out there if you look for it and are prepared to be flexible. He says, moan over for the day. It's the flexibility. That's all it is, David. It's the flexibility. It's, it's people who go, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, beneath me to do that. Well, do it. Do it. As I said before, it's very strange. There's all Polish car washes. The people who wash my car, I think, are probably Lithuanian. I think Lithuanian cars, whatever it is, there's about ten of them. They always smartly dressed. They wash the car very quick. There's no English car washes. Don't the English want to get out there with a jet wash or something? Because they must be making a fair bit of money on it. Fair bit of money. Uh, apparently that place is in uh, in Welsh Wales that we talked about where it was snowing. Thank you. Thank you, Shah, very much indeed. So now we know. Still can't pronounce it. No snow in Stockwell, says Russ. And I used that coin star thing in Sainsbury today. Went to change up my coins. Thinking I had about 30 quid. Turned out in the last couple of months I've saved £273. I love it. When it puts out the thing, would you like to donate to charity? I don't think so. You push this button here and out comes the thing. You give it to the woman on the desk who is just preparing to open the till. She looks at it and goes, I'll have to get that from accounts. You know, if it's, if it's over sort of £200. So you right, 273 is good. I think that's brilliant. Well done. Well done. Uh, now that bailiffs are called sheriffs, does your friend Mark, says Arthur, wear a Stetson and a sheriff's badge and ride around on a horse saying, Howdy, ma'am, I've come for your car, in an American accent. He might do. Um, what, what he does privately, I have no idea, I'm afraid. Uh, eight for eight five. I know you probably don't care, says this one from Ben, but over here in Virginia, in America, we've got tons of driving snow. It's not funny either. Our cars are already covered and unrecognisable. Unlike your joke that you lot won't get 30 foot of snow and you can't get off uh, out of your houses, it's a very real predicament and a reality for millions over here. Well, it's your own fault for living there, isn't it? You want to come over here? We get excited over six inches. We don't get 30 feet. Uh, he says, uh, it does make one think, oh dear, how posh, about what can be done without going out or going to work. Yes, well, I suppose, yeah. You could decorate, couldn't you, I suppose, at, at the very least. Uh Tried uh, to, to, to book tickets for the next show, and there are only tickets available in the dress circle. Gutted, says Janet. We like being in the stalls with all the other Facebookers. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you to you and to Noreen and to all the other people I've met. Uh, since my sister Julia died two years ago, the last six months before she died, I went to every show you recommended. Cost a fortune, but was well worth it. And we've raised money for her on the Ovarian Cancer Action website. She said, I don't think you realise how much you help people deal with trauma and stress. You're like a good friend, always there for you, witty, acerbic and funny. I know. I think acerbic is good, actually. Somebody said to me the other week, we had somebody, it was, it was a very sad story. In fact, we've had a number over the years where somebody had been looking after 
uh, a relative who died and said that they used to love listening to the programme and it made their last days a bit more bearable, thinking that you could turn on the radio first thing in the morning and it would either be something that would make you laugh out loud or feeling that you'd get very angry about something. Either way, it's great to have an emotion. No point in not having an emotion. Somebody said you should be available on the NHS. I thought, yes, <laughs> not sure about that. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, somebody says it's a shame that people don't really... This is Darren Pereira. Oh, well, that surname is, dear. Uh, he comes from Essex as well. Dear. I can imagine what... I bet you're fat and overweight, aren't you? I've just got this feeling. I've, I've got a picture in my mind. You're fat with short hair, aren't you? You're a bit of a lardy. He says people think... Uh, he says uh, they think you're a snob living in Twickenham. Have you been to Twickenham, love? Quite clearly not. You know, you're, you're from, from Essex. And he says, but it, really, you're... an. Essex Basildon boy. He says, keep up the good work. You're amazingly popular for some bizarre reason. I have no idea. Amazingly popular. It's almost embarrassingly popular. I mean, sometimes I don't know how we get through the door of the studio. Although, actually, I've managed to up the temperature in here because it's been so cold outside. I don't think Nick Ferrari's noticed that we've upped the temperature two degrees in the studio because he normally likes it so that icicles are hanging off the windows on the inside as opposed to the outside. Uh, 84850, uk. We've had the joke about My Little Pony. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, Bruce and Edgware. Marion Croydon says, Michael McIntyre says, you have to do Tai Chi to use the new taps in the modern loose. <laughs> oh, dear. 84850. Couldn't have been a very impressive stripper if you could fit it in an egg cup, Steve. Oh, that was the whole joke, I think. That was the whole joke about about everything to do with it. It was it was just hilarious. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Do you know what I forgot to do the other day? I had to be reminded, actually. I'd forgotten to send my blooming contract back. Honestly, what a silly person. They had to phone me to go, Steve, have you forgotten to do your contract? I went, oh, God, I knew there was something I'd forgotten to do. So uh, that's, uh, that's running for a nuts. You've got another year of this. Apparently, Wagamama means naughty child. Uh, bailiffs work for county court sheriffs uh, county court sheriffs officers work for the high court says Hazel lovely and one here that says our 11 year old son is my parents only grandchild when he was born unbeknown to us my mum uh, saved every two pounds she had as change and the other day she told me I was shocked she gave me 5,800 pounds to put into a savings account it's nice isn't it when we went away abroad when we came back my auntie and uncle, and that was, do you know, I wish I could remember the name, my auntie John, my, my auntie John, my uncle John and his wife, I can't remember at the moment, but anyway, uh, they saved up things. My brother got two money boxes full of pennies, which in those days was quite a lot. I got a set of encyclopedias. You can guess who was the most excited, can't you? And it wasn't me. I'll give you a rough idea. I wish I'd had the pennies. My brother had the, and he used to count them out in front of me. It was a shilling, and I, oh, shut up. I'll read another one of my books. But actually, it, it, uh, it turned out quite well for me. It turned out to be quite well for me. I, uh, I now send him pennies in the post. Uh, 8485. That's a nice thing to have, though, isn't it? Chris in Oxford says, I haven't listened to you before. Nice breath of fresh air to hear someone who speaks their mind. Well, it, it's, it's so easy, isn't it, on the radio nowadays to hear wishy-washy. It's on the television as well. I get annoyed when I watch somebody on the television. I'm thinking, why are you not asking the right questions? And then I think, and I've come up with the answer, the people who are questioning them are celebrities in their own right. And their own life probably doesn't bear scrutiny. So that's why you don't get people being honest nowadays, like what we are. <laughs> 
better yesterday, wasn't he? Even better. Uh, 84850, uk. I see that Premier Inn are in all the papers today. They've binned their beef burgers amid fears over horse meat. Bosses were forced to remove thousands of burgers after a supplier at the centre of the scandal failed to give quality assurances. Do you know, I think the whole beef burger market's going to collapse, even though Burger King and McDonald's have reassured customers they were not implicated, despite links to ABP. You can, I mean, not sure you can trust anybody, are you, really, nowadays? And so Macro, as well, have pulled all their burgers as well. These things were all over the blooming place. Somebody somewhere's been having a laugh at our expense. Not so good, I'm afraid. Not so good. So uh, I think maybe burgers off the menu at the moment... Warren's apparently a Harlow milkman. No, you're not. Just because you've got one of those names that makes it sound like you come from Harlow. Uh, another one here. NatWest in Twickers has a machine for coins. No charge. We need to have a NatWest account. Yeah. I don't have a NatWest account, I'm afraid. I own the bank. Because I'm with Royal Bank of Scotland. And thank God we never went to Santander. That was a bit of a touch-and-go one. Oh, I got quite panicky over that. The very idea of actually, of actually going... You know, to to Santander. I've, I've been in there. I don't want to go with them at all. We still have conductors on trams in Nottingham. Yes, you do. You're quite right. And on the buses here, on the Routemaster bus, we have a conductor on the Routemaster bus. Uh, Dave says, I've got a pub. What makes me laugh? We have a massive fat person comes in, orders a double vodka. It's got to be Diet Coke. Then buys three bags of crisps and a bag of nuts. As if the Diet Coke makes any difference. Yes, you t- well, you see that in, in Kentucky Fried Chicken as well. Somebody sitting there, some woman scoffing. It's mainly women, for some reason, scoffing, you know, with a pram by the side, and the kids, you know, on their first, their first Kentucky of the year. And they've got the Diet Coke. I never, I never know quite whether that, uh, that works or not. What do I do when some lowlife gets in my cab and doesn't pay, Steve? Keep the doors locked. Don't let them out till they've paid. In Glasgow, they've got a much better system. You, you put the money into a little tray thing in the middle of between you and the passenger in the back. They've got a wire mesh up. And that's how it works. The idea of letting somebody get out the cab, as far as I'm concerned, means that they could, in theory, run off. I don't know how many times people do a runner, but I'm sure that there would be, there would be some, some time that that would happen to cab drivers. I mean, I've, you know, people who are drunk. I saw this programme on the television. What was it? Weekend in... Not Magaluf or something, whatever it is. It's just drunk people. Just people behaving really, really badly. And these are the holiday reps on some of them. Terrible. Uh, 84850, James in Rochester says, I'm from Kent, I'm posh. (laughs) Is Rochester, I don't even know if Rochester's posh. That, I, I, I wouldn't have any idea at all, I'm afraid. I've never been to Rochester. Uh, somebody says here, my sister and I remember the broadcast when you and another presenter, who I cannot recall right now, had a fit of laughter talking about someone he couldn't stop laughing on the radio. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember, remember that quite... We've had quite a few moments like that over the years. Sleeping Beauty, says Scarlet, very good. It's uh, an absolute joy. That's the, uh, the Matthew Bourne one, isn't it? Which is up at Sadler's Wells, which I saw. Rachel says hello from Catford. Beautiful at this time of year. Oh, I should imagine the beach is very good at Catford, isn't it? People will be sunbathing at the Catford Lido and enjoying their mivvies and stuff like that. I had a paper round at 13, says Mark. Can't stand people that don't work, because there's always work available. It just depends on what you're prepared to do. He says, I'm 36. Yes, I mean, I always think that as well. I always think that. You know, there is a job you can do out there. If you've got a driving licence, you could go and minicab. You don't need to own a car to minicab. 
you know, they're all, they're all sort of legal. Well, most of them are legal. There's still quite a few illegals in London, but it's so difficult to police that the police have a purge every so often, I know, because I've been out with them. Pete the Cabby says, Steve, if you could have the company of anybody, past or present, for an evening, who would it be and why? If you could have the company of anybody for an evening... You see, immediately I thought of James Max, and I thought, no, no, I discounted that one straight away. And then I thought James Whale, and I thought, no, because I'd never get a word in edgewise with him. And then I thought it would have to be, I would, could there just, could there be two people? Could there be two people? One I would have would be a pianist, and the other one would have to be Julie Andrews. And the only reason is that when we went over to interview her in Los Angeles, we only got 15 minutes with her, which wasn't quite long enough. It was, and I was a bit tongue-tied, so we, we, we did string the interview out quite a bit because the trouble is when you're, when you're so armed with everything because you know everything about somebody, it kind of doesn't give you the best interview. You get the best interview if you know nothing about somebody. I always used to say, people would come in, I used to do authors, and they would say, have you read the book? And I'd say, no. And they'd go, well, how are you going to do the interview? This was, and so I, I used to, th- this wasn't well-known authors. This was sort of a little bit low down the scale. And I said, but you can't come into an interview being too informed because I have to pretend that I'm, I'm the mug punter, as it's called, and I then have to ask you the questions that I would want to know about the book. So I have a basic knowledge of it, but I don't necessarily read it, unless it's a factual book, in which case I absorb them. Uh, one here, I recommend fresh porridge from M&S, microwave, no water, absolutely delicious. I, you see, I don't have a microwave at home. So I nearly bought some oats so simple, and I said, put in the microwave. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that. So I bought the individual pots, which is a very expensive way of buying it, as it's 99p. And I bought six the other. That's six pounds on porridge. It'd be cheaper to go to Scotland by Scotrail and buy a vat of the stuff and bring it home again. But unfortunately, it didn't uh, didn't happen. John the trucker says, "I've not seen one salt spreader yet this morning. Shouldn't they all be out?" Well, I would have thought so, especially as it's imminent. I mean, do you think they're going to be going out from about six o'clock this morning? I don't know. Perhaps we'll have to check with Andy McCall. He knows things like that. He's he's always the one who's in, informed on where all the the gritters are. And stuff like that. Uh, Reese snowed in. It says, uh, this is, uh, who's this? Oh, this is the one from Virginia again. This is poor old Ben, who says, uh, I cease being excited about six inches a long while ago because they've got 30 feet over there, whereas we're only going to get... Well, they said it depends on which paper you read as to, to, as to which one you think it's going to be. It's either going to be 12 feet or six inches. I think personally six inches, given the choice. Is that all we, it's not going to last that long in London, is it? Do you think we're going to be ploughing through six inches? Hate it when it ruins your shoes. Oh, hate it when it ruins the shoes. Uh, no snow in Feltham, says little Julie. <laughs> of course, it's too frightened to snow there, isn't it? Far too frightened. Um, and uh, Mark, the East Ender, who's in Oz, he says, I've gone back to work after three weeks off for Christmas. Three weeks off. Oh, yeah, I know people around here had three weeks off. Three weeks off. Now you've got to get back into the hard swing of it. And after three weeks, it's blooming difficult. He says, it's been weeks since I've heard you like this. I reckon you speak faster when you're well. Um, He says, you sound in perfect health. I am in absolutely the rudest of health, as they say. I'm feeling very, very good. Very, very good at the moment. In fact, even better. No snow in Folkestone, says Nick, waiting for it. That's Nick Lloyd. It can't be the Nick Lloyd, can it? And nice to see that Lance Lance Armstrong met the... uh, Awful. Yeah, all right. Met the uh, awful Winfrey for a PR. Yeah, I did make a big thing about it for a PR exercise <laughs> rather than let a sports journal. Please, I'll move studios if you're not careful. I don't need that kind of talk. 
<laughs> Forgot where I was going now with that conversation. It upset me now. I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a temperamental little so and so this morning. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, Anne says, I don't know if you've got a metro bank near you. No, we don't have a metro bank. We've got Bank of Toy Town. We've got all, we've got all the banks actually. I think we've got everything. My favourite out of all of them is Lloyd's. Only because I had an argument in there a while ago. They have two cash point machines outside. One only dispenses £10 notes, which I find, I don't want to, you know, if you're taking £200 out of the bank, I don't want £200 in £10 notes. It's ridiculous. So, of course, you take them. And the first time it happened, I took them into the bank and I said, I'm sorry, your machine's just given me these. Can you change them? Do you have an account with us? I'm changing money, dear. I'm not money laundering. I'm just swapping, you know, these £10 notes for maybe some £20 notes. Sorry, we can't do it. And I felt like saying, do you know, why don't you just bend over backwards a little bit more for customers? One time, you know the days when you had to write out cheques? It was the only bank that made me write out my signature three times because it didn't look like my signature. Which was, mind you, I didn't think it looked like my signature either. Uh, 84850, Frankie, says that you've made me giggle on my night shift over, over ground back to Richmond in the morning. Somebody said that Network uh, South East... Or south southwestern trains will be running different services if the snow comes down heavy. Well, hopefully we'll check that with Andy McCall a little bit later on. But I can tell you now the time is coming up to 5.30 because it's LBC 97.3 and it's news time. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 27 minutes to six. My gorgeous goddaughter, Charlotte, has passed her driving test, which is brilliant news, well, sort of, because you remember that for Christmas she got bought a car. She she failed her driving test first time round. Most people do it second time. I failed first time. She failed first time. So the thing is, it's like riding a horse. You get back in the saddle and you learn how to pass your test. So for Christmas, they bought her a little car. And they hid it round the corner. They didn't tell her where it was. And they went and said, what did they buy her? I can't remember. In the actual box, I think there was a little toy car. You know, the usual people do that, little toy car in the box. So anyway, so they, I think, I might have got this completely wrong. But anyway, that's what I thought it was. And so she's got this car and it's lovely. But of course, she can't drive it because... She's not passed a driving test. Anyway, she passed the other day. Then came the problem of getting the insurance. How much is her insurance? Bearing in mind, of course, she's, what, 17? She'll be 17, coming up 18, I suppose, soon. Three grand a year. Three grand a year. It's like the insurance companies don't want young people out on the road. And I have to be honest, you do worry. You do worry because it is, I mean, I'm an experienced driver. I'm not a super experienced driver. I've just been driving for a long time. Not a professional driver, but I, I can drive, and I've been driving since I was 17. And, and you worry because there's some lunatics out there. Absolutely. The one thing you've got to be sure of is you don't go anywhere near alcohol, not one drink, not nothing at all. Because, you know, alcohol and cars don't mix at all. But three grand for the car insurance. A friend of mine, Frankie, had exactly the same. He went out, he bought a car. The car cost him, I think... 2,200 quid. The insurance they wanted was four grand. Four grand. I mean, just pointless, isn't it? It's a pointless exercise. A pointless exercise. Uh, 84850, steve We weave everything in. Snow in uh, Arizona. No snow in Phoenix. Cold, though, 22 degrees. I don't know what it is outside here at the moment, but still no snow. I'm checking very carefully. I'm looking at the street lamp, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of... 
No, definitely not snowing at the moment. I think later in London. Later in London. What are they going to do, says Mark the Repo Man, who's similar to Mark the Bailiff. <laughs> Same kind of thing. He comes around and repossesses. Repossesses. What do they do with all the burgers they're removing? He says, because I'm sure I don't mind eating a bit of horse meat burgers. Well, there's millions of them. Do you think that they're just putting them abroad? Is it, do you think that that's what they're actually doing? I can't, I can't, they're not actually throwing them away, are they? They're not going to be binning them, because you could effectively cook them and give them to homeless people, give them to all the homeless charities. I shouldn't imagine a homeless person is going to, I mean, you can eat horse meat, it's not like you can't eat it. You can eat it. So I'm hoping that they would give it to all the charities in London, and then everybody can be eating beef burgers for the next God knows how many years, because we're not eating them, because apparently we don't like eating horse, but you might have been eating it for ages. Uh, 84850, uk. More of your texts and uh, emails. It's cheaper to go to Scotland by rail. It is not, says James. It's cheaper to fly to Scotland than go by rail. That's why all the Scots won't go home. Oh, is it? Oh, right. I used to fly up to Glasgow. It's only an hour. Most of us are an hour. I think, to actually get a... It took longer to get to the airport and go through checking than it did for the blooming flight. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, why do you have such a hatred, uh, uh, sorry, a hatterid for fat people? I don't know, some new word we've invented this morning from poor old Nick in Kent. He might not be Nick in Kent, he, he could be something else. Oh, no, he comes from the Isle of Sheppey. Is that Kent, the Isle of Sheppey? Well, perhaps he doesn't know where he is. Um, and, and it, it's, we're not in a spelling mode, are we? I've noticed one you sent here. The word naive is N-A, well, it doesn't matter, nitpicking, I suppose. But uh, he says, I've worked all my life and I had to prove myself to everyone I've worked for, yet you'll portray fat people as if they're as bad as murderers. No, we didn't. You need to listen properly. We need to listen properly. Also, if, it, if it's gluttony, it's costing us a small fortune. It's costing us a small fortune. This woman's, I wouldn't like to imagine how much this operation cost. There were six people in the operating theatre, all being paid because of this woman's gluttony. You know, sorry. Uh, 84850. Try it with the new driver as the main driver and the parent as a name driver, said Sid. Uh, and somebody says here they know the kids will pay £3,000. Well, they're going to have to. If you've got a car sitting there, and I remember when I passed my driving test, I came home and I went, I passed my driving test, passed my driving test. And for some reason it worked a little bit differently then because my father put me on his insurance, but he, he came out with me in the car to make sure that I was OK. I thought, just pass my test. But, of course, you have to sit there, don't you? Sit there with your father and you adjust it. You put your seatbelt. Well, in fact, we didn't put seatbelts on in those days. We didn't have to wear them. They weren't compulsory. So you sort of sat there and you look and you look, turn around and you indicate. And then you, you sort of pull away thinking, please don't stall. Please don't stall. My dad's in the car. And you drive out. And, you and then eventually take off. And you sort of, your dad says, OK, go right over there. And you sort of do all the right things. You get him back home again. See you, Dad. Off we go. I love it. I love it. But I can't remember what my what my insurance was back in those days. I barely remember anything. I just remember the little driving licence was red. That's all I remember. Daily Star today. Um, you know, of course, that the Hillsborough charity single was released through HMV, don't you? Have they got any money yet? No, they haven't. So all those people, the Hillsborough families, could lose out on the cash. It's in a lot of the papers today, and they're, um, and they're saying that they want the money. They want the money. I mean, I should imagine it should be well into six figures uh, because James Arthur sold 269,000 copies. The Justice Collective's um, single sold a bit more. 
But it's got Robbie Williams, it's got Melanie C, John Bishop, launched at the flagship Liverpool store. So far, just half the cash has been passed on, and fears are growing for the rest after the music giant called in the administrators, because they would be way down the list of creditors, especially, and you as well, would be way down the list of creditors if you've got any gift vouchers from HMV, because they're not... They're not uh, honouring them at all at the moment. I don't know why. I can't understand why not. It's stock. They've already been paid for. Why can they not just give you stock? Makes perfect sense to me. But the bloodbath is, is going to continue. They reckon that one in five shops threatened to be closed in the coming months will put about 17,500 jobs at risk. And with more and more people coming into the country taking jobs, it becomes more and more difficult. They're now saying that 15% on, on, uh, of the stores on Britain's high roads could be empty inside the year. Inside the year. Uh, dear. Also in the paper today, Pamela Anderson. She's not paying her dues. Unlike uh, HMV, who paid half the money, but not enough. She's been hit with another tax demand. You remember that she lives in a... I don't know why, she, why she's uh, not paying her taxes. And I don't know why she's not got the money. I should imagine over the years she must have earned a small fortune. Never seems to spend it on clothes, though. Spends most of the time half naked. But uh, recently, she was told to cough up £170,000, and she owes £75,000 of unpaid bills from 2011 to, um, to California. She's now been hit with another tax demand, £20,000. So uh, we're going to have to be putting up with this poor old baggage for some time to come, because she, she can't make any money in America. She can only make the money over here. She's done pantomime, but quite clearly she's not taking it back home and paying the people who... Um, who she should be paying. You know, the tax man is, is like top of your list. I'd never want to not pay the tax man. Who, um, I know. And you have to pay all the 3,000 quid. You can't pay monthly because they know that you'll... Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard... You know what a lot of people do? Uh, if if it's, your insurance is very expensive, a lot of young drivers do the monthly option. Now, some companies don't give you the monthly option because they know what you're going to do. They know that you'll pay the first month. You end up with a certificate for the year, then you don't pay anymore. So you're driving around on a worthless certificate. You're not insured. Lots and lots of young drivers do this. The police pull people over. They go, have you got insurance? They go, yeah, mate. It's at home. And they produce the document. And then the police go on the phone straight away to the central computer. And they go, no, you only paid one month. You're not supposed to be driving at all, are you? And then they, they take the car away from them. So you have to pay the three grand up front. Bit of a shame, really. Uh... Uh, one here that says, I'm Anthony, I live in Blackpool. There's a show bar called Viva. They're accepting unused HMV and Jessup's vouchers as payment for tickets to the show. I suppose working on the assumption that they might, if another company take over HMV, which I think is highly unlikely, who would want to take over a business that owes £170 million? £170 million. Pounds. That's what it owes. <clears throat> and you would think to yourself, you wouldn't want to open this business up at all. There's no point. Sell off the stock really cheaply. Try and get something back. Try and get something back. If you can get anything back, then, then people will actually be sort of credited, which is a lot, uh, a lot easier, a lot easier. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here that says... Uh, oh, so, sorry, same one, Anthony. But so if, if they get the HMV vouchers and the Jessup's vouchers, if they save any part of the business, the new company, if there is one, might actually honour the vouchers. But I have a sneaking feeling they won't. I think they'll be null and void. You won't get anything back. They've got to find £170 million plus all the other creditors. 84850. Nick in Kent. Don't ever feel sorry for anybody, Nick. Feel sorry for yourself. 
Feel sorry for yourself. That's, that's probably a better better avenue for you, I should imagine. Uh, another one here. Read the beef burgers. I don't want any more jokes about beef burgers, thank you. We managed poor old Brian at Twickenham Station the other day. He said, I've never heard so many jokes. And he hadn't, actually. He must be frozen to death up there. Hope that um, the railway company give him a heater or something. Certainly needs it. Uh, <laughs> we're still getting jokes about Tesco's beef burgers. I thought it was quite good they did the advert in the papers. You don't think so? I thought that was really good. Really good that they did it. Unfortunately, it didn't really help anything because now it turns out all these other places who've got all these burgers are ditching them left, right and centre. I'm not sure who I can trust anymore. If you can't trust one of the biggest supermarkets on the high street, who can you trust? If this has been going on for ages, how long have we been buying Tesco burgers and they've, got, they've had horse meat in them? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Uh, Simon Cowell was left speechless the other day at Britain's Got Talent. They filmed a scene in Cardiff and it's a stuntman. OK, what, what he does is he climbs up a very tall tower, sets fire to himself and then jumps off into a... Where'd you take that? Where, where, where would you be taking that kind of stupid act? It's something that you do outside. You can't take that to the... Because the winner of Britain's Got Talent goes onto the Royal Variety. Where are they going to be putting that person? Somebody's setting fire to themselves in the, you know, the Royal Albert Hall or you know, the London Palladium. I don't think so. And so the stunt was performed by an eight-man team of high-diving... Uh, productions. But, I mean, it's not a stage. This is for a, an act to perform in front of the Queen. She's not doing, a, you know, one of these livestock shows out in the country, is she? Uh, Big Brother's Lacey. My God, she's been airbrushed. We know what you look like in the Big Brother house, and you certainly never look like this, dear. But uh, there is no career. I don't think there's a career at all. She vowed to knock out Heidi Montag. From the Big Brother. It's a class act, isn't she? About to knock her out. Small wonder there's, there's pond life out there, and that's part of it, I'm afraid. Uh, the Wanted have hit back at Joey Essex after he branded them annoying. Um, <laughs> Nathan Sykes from The Wanted, <laughs> we have a vested interest, has had his uh, say tweeting, I wake up to find that Joey Essex isn't actually a place, but is instead a wannabe off a terrible TV show. Learn something new every day. He is a wannabe. Unfortunately, he's a wannabe with no talent which is even more embarrassing. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Friday. Friday, start of the weekend, snow day. Snow day today. In London, probably, well, it could be any time from eight o'clock all the way through. Any time all the way through. Uh, one here says, I'm in Rochester, and it's not posh. It used to be, but the older generation are dying out, and we're getting all the chavs from Strood and Chatham littering the area. And believe me, they are chavs, Steve. So there you go. Uh, so now you know. Uh, if you want to stay slim, Joan Collins has dished out her advice. Tequila, sorry, tequila and toothpaste. Tequila and toothpaste. That's a very odd one, isn't it? But, uh, I mean, also she recommends eating eggs one day a week, brushing her teeth with peppermint toothpaste to quash hunger pangs, and drinking tequila instead of wine. I've, never, I've interviewed Joan on a couple of occasions. I've never seen her as, as being a drinker. Certainly not of tequila, that's a fact. Lots of pictures of snow up and down the length and breadth of the land, and uh, accidents, cars in ditches, cars, um, you know, all sort of... All messed up, I'm afraid, which is not good. And uh, after watching it raid his bird table, Bill Worthington had had enough. He got his air rifle out and he shot the squirrel. 
Oh, dear. Didn't take long for the squay, grey squirrel to take the bait. And, uh, anyway, the 75-year-old shot it with his air rifle. He went shopping. When he came back, the animal was still alive, so he shot it a further three times. Now he's facing up to six months in jail or £5,000 after being hauled before the courts for causing unnecessary suffering to the squirrel. The keen crown green bowler and bird lover was reported to the RSPCA. Oh, here we go, the RSPCA again. Do you remember that this is the, uh, the same organisation that prosecuted a woman who went on holiday and left a goldfish in a bowl? Do you remember that one? And now prosecuted, because somebody obviously phoned them up. But as far as I'm concerned, grey squirrel are pests. And I thought you were legally allowed to dispose of them. He's described them as rats and vermin. He says, quite frankly, he says, it does seem over the top. I just wanted to keep my garden nice and feed the birds. And yet these squirrels keep coming back. And that's why we don't have, I'm afraid, uh, the red squirrel anymore. Well, they're trying to reintroduce it, because the grey squirrels chase them all off. There are three million living in Britain. Twelve and a half years is the average lifespan of a grey squirrel. Not in this bloke's garden, it's not. There are 258,000 urban foxes living in Britain. But anyway, the magistrates have granted Mr Worthington unconditional bail. He'll be sentenced next month. The vet said he saw the squirrel was alive but not responsive. He said, I tried my best to do away with it. And so there you go, that to put it, put it down. But, um, I don't know. He was described by RSPCA officers as obtrusive. He confirmed he was the user of the .22 rifle and referred to the squirrel as vermin and garden rats. He says, we're talking about... Gar- I totally agree with him. We're talking about... I mean, admittedly, I don't, I don't want to think of 78-year-olds with air rifles who take pot shots at things, but grey squirrels are vermin and they should be exterminated as quickly as possible, whether it's rat poison or whatever else you put down for them. But they nick the stuff off the bird table for the, boots, but for the birds. And they're much cleverer. Much, much cleverer than the birds. They can do all sorts of things. They've, they've set them tasks, you know, on, on television. They've set them tasks where they sort of put food out there and then they do a string and they hang upside down and they can do anything, squirrels. They learn very fast. Very, very fast. Snowing in Salisbury, says, uh, says Mick. I don't know, is it, is it snowing? I can't, I can't see any cameras in Salisbury. That's the only problem, I'm afraid. I can only do them in and around the London area. So the moment I actually see it, uh, I, shall, I shall let you know. But at the moment, nout on the streets. Nout. Uh, is it true the voice is being dropped, says Johnny? No, no, it is coming back. Whether they do a tour again, I don't know. Whether they do that. Snowing in uh, Fair Oak in Hampshire, since about four o'clock. Love listening to your show as my daughter lives in St Margaret's and brother in Surrey. Would love to move back up there myself, says B. It's the, it's the, the price, isn't it? It is the price, I suppose, for, uh, for buying property. Much, much cheaper, I should imagine, down where you are. Dom and Dom, well, Paul Savory, we would have been having dinner this evening. We would have been having dinner this evening, but I'm a little bit worried about the fact that the snow might come down, so we've had to cancel it. Steve, you're only 37. Your first UK driving licence would have been a folded-up green paper licence, not a little red book, as they were much earlier. Thank you very much indeed. I accept the fact... Were they, were they really? Did I, would I not have found an old one, do you think? Gavin says, snowing on the A10 in Hertfordshire... <laughs> And somebody else has said, when you passed your driving test, Steve, did you have to pay extra for the man with the red flag? Very bitter. Very bitter. I don't know why people doubt me, honestly. I thought I did quite well. I thought I did quite well passing my driving test second time round. I was so excited. I, I love driving. I could drive for the country. I could actually I'd very happily be a, be a driver. More on um, the TV reporter who dared to ask Elizabeth Hurley what she thought of her fiancé Shane Warne's performance. And then... Uh, Elizabeth Hurley used bad language. I think most people use bad language. Princess Margaret was known for it. 
Absolutely known for it. And then there's the... Uh, the MBE older, holder, sorry, older, the MBE holder found guilty of misconduct. A grammar school teacher who streaked across a garden in front of his pupils. Good Lord. David Bradley had been camping with a group of 12 and 13-year-olds on a field trip when he agreed to run naked across a garden. Well, at 58, you don't run naked anywhere. I mean, that's, I mean, it's all saggy and horrible. I was watching this Embarrassing Bodies the other day. I mean, I cringe watching this dreadful programme. It's just, oh. Goodness me. Uh, Jan Moyer says, a monster, but how I admire Anthea. I can't bear her. She says, my dear friend Anthea Turner is claiming that appearing as a contestant on ITV's Dancing on Ice has saved her 12-year-old marriage to toxic hubby Grant Bovey. Last year, Anthea threw him out of their home when it was reported he'd grown close to a 24-year-old. Nobody had ever heard of Zoe before, but all I'm saying is that Grant clearly goes for that plunge-front chipmunk look in a very big way. Anthea was devastated, but she made up her mind to fight for her man. At the end of the day, sorry, at the end of the day, she said, he's my my future, my soulmate. And uh, and we we got off track. It went wrong. But you look at the bigger picture. You look at everything in your life. Are we going to let this pollute everything that is good? Or are we going to move on, close the lid and move on? I said, I've learnt the hard way. She's such a trooper as Anthea Turner. God knows she's a saint, ladies and gentlemen. Next to Mother Teresa up there. But uh, it's good. You can't change your past, says Jan. She's right. Well done, Anth. It's brave of her to give him a second chance. But why not? They've been together 15 years. Why throw it all away? A lot of marriages go through the doldrums. A lot of marriages can also survive the buffeting storms of brief affairs or similar. But the, the, the difference is, here, Jan, that she plays it out in the media. She plays it, you know, she gave interviews to the media about it. I couldn't give a stuff about Anthea Turner's marriage, the state of it, the state of it, whether he sleeps with everybody else. I couldn't care less. It doesn't interest me. It's people who play their lives out in the media, thinking, you know, in their small, tiny little minds, that we're seriously interested in what, what they get up to in the bedroom department. I don't care. But she says, can I be middle class for a moment? Let's discuss condiments. On her website, Anthea's tip is to decant your mustards and sauces into small lidded jars and keep them on a smart tray in the fridge, ready to whip out at a mealtime. Genius. She's a monster, of course, but I'd love it if she had a household tip show on television. Somebody make it happen, says Jan. I'm afraid that's the last time I read Jan Moy's column. She likes Anthea Turner. I'm sorry. We, we cannot see eye to eye, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Incident to Alban says, I passed my driving test first time at the age of 32. So happy I cried. See your favourite birds in your favourite town. The annual Pigeon Fanciers Convention is on this week in Blackpool at the Winter Gardens. Lovely. George says you don't like piggyons. Oh, God, why is it I'm getting all the people who can't spell this morning? These are supposed to be adults who can't spell. It's really embarrassing. And uh, little little George and, uh, oh, I see, little, little George is a racist as well, I'm afraid, judging by some of your previous texts. He says, you should try compassion, it'll make you a better person. Quite clearly, it's made you an out-and-out racist, I'm afraid. So, uh, having checked the uh, things that you send to people. But you must learn to spell. It's very embarrassing from an old man of your age who can't spell. I find that deeply worrying. Did you have an education? Probably not. Worst story of the paper today, the worst story. Hate reading stories like this. It's a retired postmistress. Una Crown was 86, little frail lady, lived alone in her house. Somebody broke in and uh, to her tiny bungalow and beat her up. She was stabbed repeatedly in the chest. And then, to make matters worse, they set fire to her little bungalow at the same time. She wasn't found for 16 hours. I mean, it is, she was in Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire. 
And that was uh, two days after she was last seen. It's absolutely appalling. The police have... Uh, uh, were alerted, and uh, as I say, what a tragic end to somebody's life who's, who's devoted their time to serving so many people. I hope that when they find the people here, and they will find them, believe you me, the police are, police are very good on this detection. There'll be DNA, there'll be something. Why would you want to do that? Somebody's trying to cover their tracks. They stab a frail little old woman who had nothing, absolutely nothing, and then set fire to her in her own little house. It just almost makes you want to weep, doesn't it, first thing in the morning. It just kind of ruins your... Ruins your day, I'm afraid. <clears throat> Johnny says, has Joan Collins got a fitness DVD out? I don't think so. I don't think so. She does look very good. She does look very... But there again, you see, I thought Priscilla Presley looked amazing. I mean, she really did look very good. I mean, I thought, I look, I look pretty good for my age. You know, I'm very lucky, actually. Mind you, we have the lights, you know, dimmed down to a certain level in the studio. Uh, Johnny says, I'm crying over Anthea as well. Yes, most people do, actually. Most people do cry. Uh, Sean and Dean says, when are you coming to the Epping and Onger Railway again? We're closed until March 2013. Thank you. It's good, actually. If you want to go down there, if you're a train enthusiast, they've got small buses down there and everything else, which is really, really nice. 84850, uk. Short break for the... I can't believe it's six o'clock already. Still waiting for the snow. You'll hear it first on LBC, because uh, you'll be telling us when the snow comes down, first of all. In London, they've said, could be really bad. Now, whether it's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock or 12 o'clock, at some point today, they've said it's on the way. It depends how long it takes to get to us. But you'll hear it first on the station. LBC 97.3. News at 6 is next with Sam Pittis. This is LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, five past uh, six. Suzanne from Bexhill-on-Sea, Cooden. Probably a house name or something like I've never heard of some of these places. She's the friend of Jeff Stevenson, the comedian, and his wife. No snow in Cooden yet, she says. Being of a similar age to you, I don't know why people keep saying this. I mean, all the, it's amazing how many people are 37 this morning all of a sudden. <coughs> when I took my driving test, part of the test was to ask your passengers if they'd like to wear their seatbelts. I never have. I'm, I'm not totally convinced my car had seat belts. I know that people talk about their driving tests, but all I remember is I failed it first time, and I remember why I failed it. I can tell you exactly why I failed it because I didn't check in my mirror all the time. So when you when you take your driving test, you have to knock the mirror out so they see you looking at, so they they're aware that you're aware of cars coming behind you. And it's, it was, I thought it was, I thought I'd pass first time. I really did. Admittedly, when we mounted the pavement as we turned the corner, I thought, narrowly missing a pedestrian. I mean, I thought that was a bit touch and go. And then I think I failed on the other bit, which was how do you turn right on a motorway? And I said, will you indicate signal and manoeuvre? And of course, you can't turn right on a motorway. You have to come off left to turn right. But that was, I thought trick questions. There's no point in giving me a trick question. I was 17, for goodness sake. I'm just sending out a tweet saying we are the snow station when it happens. Thank goodness it's the weekend. Good food, the bag of DVDs. And then I was just talking to Sam Pitty. He's going to the cinema. I said, well, I said well, you won't be, will you, if, um, if unfortunately, the, uh, the snow comes down. And he said, no, he's still going to go. He's going to go and see this Django. Whereas somebody asked me the other day if I've seen Les Miserables. And I haven't. I've, I've just seen the clips, the same as everybody else. I've seen all, all the clips, and it looks wonderful, but I'll fall asleep in the cinema. If you get up early in, uh, early hours of the morning, you tend to find that later in the day you just start feeling a bit drowsy. So if I go to the cinema, they dim the light, I think I'm at home. 
I want to put, put my feet up on, on a seat and then just go to sleep. It's not very clever, is it, really? Not very clever at all. But uh, at least I make the effort. At least I make the effort. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have to wait until it comes out on DVD and then I can watch it at home. Uh, waiting for the snow. Great. Do you hear it? 11, says Noreen. I've heard Katie Price has married again abroad. Her poor children. They won't know where they are. She says, sorry to hear your dinner was cancelled, but better to do it than leave it till the last minute. I messaged John and Paul, and they told me it was cancelled. I know, it's awful, isn't it? I'm so disappointed. But I think probably a a decision made uh, after carefully thinking about it. So we'll have to do it. We could do dinner another time. Better that than have an accident or something dreadful out in the countryside, and I'm I'm stuck out there. 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. It snowed from the start of the M6 in Birmingham till I left at 3.30. No snow in Enfield, says Alan. I expect to do the same, whatever the weather. It'll just take a little more care. So have a, a good weekend to you, the staff, and the Steve Allen Facebook fans. Yes, I'm sure we will, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I don't want it if I'm marooned inside. But I'm looking at pictures here, and he's in Wales. And it's snowing there, and this is what it's going to look like here. I love it when they send reporters out. He's got a hood. Put it up. Put up the hood. Standing there, getting sort of... He's screwed his eyes up, poor soul. They're now saying temperatures expected to remain below zero in most parts of the country. Snow coming down heavy, but I'm expecting gritters out of town and on the roads. But you've got to be careful. When, it, when it's like this light covering at the moment, it becomes like a skid patch. It's very dangerous out there. Very dangerous. So, so do be careful. Do be very, very careful. 84850, steve at As you love driving so much, is there any chance you can deliver a small pallet of boxes down to Kent? Says, uh, says Neil. No, there isn't. It's a nice thought, isn't it, though? I could just I could just sort of pop down and do it. He said, Anthea, pass the sick bag. He sent me in a lovely picture of somebody who's made a, an igloo. In a, it's very, very well done with a polar bear there as well. I'm loving all these programmes on the television about polar bears. And, and you think to yourself, you don't realise until you watch the Peter Andre programme. And they sent him to the Arctic Circle to go see Father Christmas with the children. It was a quite clearly some sort of, you know, just... PR exercise, and he got off at Kitter and he went, oh, I can't get used to how cold it is, it's freezing cold and it was something like minus 20 degrees you have to get really used to it to be out in it because you can barely breathe uh, David says over in Orlando, it's not snowing here but it is very cold, it's dropped down to the 50s tonight, <laughs> right, okay suffer then, suffer, we're suffering over here, I love it when it snows, London looks so pretty, it really does, it's, it's very, very pretty um, uh, Babs is working in Harley Street. No sign of snow. I'm doing a double shift today, so it can snow all it wants till 11 o'clock at night. Yes, I, I think that. As long as you're inside looking out, I think it's fine. It's, it's, when, you're, it's when you're outside looking in, it's not so pleasant, is it? Uh, more stories in the papers today. Uh, looking in the, uh, in the mail today. Oh, it's a lovely picture of Alexandra Bastido. Now, you might have to cast your mind back. She was in a programme called... I've forgotten... The Champions. It was a really, really good programme. And there's a lovely little piece on her in the paper today. Uh, should I... Oh, I have to remind you about the Hollywood costumes at the V&A. Only until the 27th, they've got Chaplin's costume from The Little Man. It's one of the best exhibitions I've ever seen. It really is very good. Unfortunately, trying to get tickets, which are as rare as hen's teeth, is very, very difficult. Oh, I'll tell you what we've also got. We've got a couple of little clips coming up for this week's In Conversation on Sunday morning. So we'll give you a little taste of who's actually coming on. Do you know that red marks... You know when you're at school and you're given red marks, apparently it upsets pupils. That's what they've said now. But I thought that's the whole idea. It upsets pupils and makes them think you've got to try a little bit harder. When you should get a red mark... I used to hate things like that. 
absolutely used to hate it. What are things that have you jumping for joy? The things that make you the happiest? And I'm not talking about smells. Uh, something like discovering money you didn't know you had or finding 20 quid in an old coat. How many times have you done that? Yeah, me neither. Uh, winning a competition you forgot you entered. That makes you jump for joy. Getting a refund or a rebate where you didn't know it was due. Oh, I'd love one from the tax man. Wouldn't that be great? Hello, Steve. We're going to give you a rebate. Thank you. Thank you. Saving money on household bills. Wouldn't make me jump up and down. Finding a £10 winning lottery ticket. Soon to be £25. Unfortunately, they go up to £2 each. And then going up to the till at the shops and realising your item's been marked down. I did that. I did that once. I went up to the till. I bought this item. I was buying it in all good faith. She went, oh, right. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was candles. I bought these, these candles from Clinton's. And she said, oh, right. She said, and you actually, so you buy the candles, and it was 20 quid for the box of, I think, 12 or 15. She said, you get a free, a free teddy. So I thought, well, that's nice. I'll have a free teddy. So I got the free, free teddy. And then I said, oh, I thought, I'll buy another box of candles. So she said, well, if you buy another box of candles, then you get 20% discount. So before I knew what had happened, I'd ended up with two boxes of candles and two teddies, two pens. I donated to breast cancer and the whole thing came in at under 20 quid. I can't remember how it worked. Whatever it was, I remember thinking, now that is what you call a bargain. That is what you call a bargain. Uh, Warren has just landed from Singapore. Just landed from Singapore. He said, lovely and hot over here, blooming freezing here. He said, my dad used to say that he could smell snow coming. We used to have a man, he was a weather forecaster on LBC, and he used to look at fur cones. He used to keep these fur cones, and he could tell you what the weather was going to be like based on the way the fur cones were. I didn't quite understand what the science was. Because, let's face it, he was about as accurate as the Met Office was. I always say, just look out the window, much easier. Uh, We saw Les Mis last night, it was wonderful. I couldn't follow the story on stage, but it's very clear on film, it's very British Knowing how you love London, you'll be fascinated by how they've used Greenwich University. Yes, Jill, I knew all about Greenwich University. It's a great room. I love going down there. I absolutely, absolutely love it, I'm afraid. Delightful white scene in uh, Ham Preston Village in Dorset. Yes, that's very pretty down there, isn't it? Very, very pretty. And another one here. Uh, this is... Council office, 9am, provisional licence, 9.45, driving, driving lesson, 11.30, test, 12.30, passed. All on my 17th birthday. Well, that's what you call fast. That's what you call very fast. Very fast. Have to take a very quick break. Morning, 6.20 is the time. Oh, just very quickly, some other things that apparently make you jump for joy. Although, to be honest with you, if the snow comes down later, jumping will be the last thing you're going to be doing. Going to the, uh, sorry, losing half a pound. Apparently, something you jump for joy. Losing half a pound, I don't know. Stone would be nice. Finding money in a supermarket self-service checkout. If you found... What do you mean, finding money in a self... Is that somebody else's money? Would you keep it? You'd ke- oh, you keep it. Producer would keep it. I would hand it in immediately. If not, donate more to charity. If, if, if People always say that if, if you're in a checkout and you put something down there and then you, and you see there's a £20, would you pick it up and keep it? You would absolutely keep it, wouldn't you? That's so awful. I would hand it. I, I just. I mean, I'm terribly honest. If I if I find they've actually made a mistake on the till, I always tell them. Such a goody two shoes, doesn't it? It's ridiculous, really. Although the truth be known, if I actually found a bag out on the street and I picked it up and as I was walking, I opened it and it was full of fifty pound notes, I would be looking around to see is it am I being filmed? Is this a joke or something? I'm not sure whether I could be totally. Oh, I would have to be honest, wouldn't I? I've told you now, I wouldn't be. But I, I would have to be honest and hand it in. But can you imagine? I did years ago. I did find some money at a bus stop. I found somebody's purse, which had ten shillings in, which seemed like a load of money to me at the time. And I handed it into the police station, and lo and behold, if it's not claimed within four weeks, you, they, they phone you and you come and have the money. 
because I've got ten shillings. But if, if you found a bag of money out on... If I went down there and there was, like, a, a little paper bag and I picked it up and it was full of £50 notes, I'm not sure I could hand it in now. I feel a bit awful about the whole thing. Perhaps you could sort of donate it to charity, but then you know that in London you are going to be picked up by a camera somewhere. There's nothing going to be cameras on... This, this building is honeycombed with cameras. There's two in this studio. Is there two? Yeah, there's two, two in the studio. One... Yeah, there's two. Three. Three cameras in the studio. So you can imagine all around the buildings here. Anyway, this Sunday, as you know, is Sunday. And by this time, we, hopefully the snow should have vanished. So we will have an In Conversazione. And the In Conversation guests this week, two marvellous ones. Robert Lindsay, the actor. He's been hot on our screens since starring in Citizen Smith. But he wasn't always encouraged to follow his thespian dreams. When I was at school, and I was at a, a very sort of school, a school geared around the industries, mining, engineering, steelworks, you know, and, but for some other reason, and I, which I've never really been able to explain, I had other aspirations. But when I went, my metalwork teacher, who was my careers master as well, when he actually said to me, uh, uh, Robert, what do you want to do when you leave school? And I said, sir, I want to be an actor. <laughs> and he said, I remember the look. It was the most piercing look. I, and it lived with me to this day. And then he said, have you ever considered hairdressing as a career? <laughs> I love that. I went, like that. He was very, very interesting. In fact, at the end of the conversation, he said, do you know what he said? I really, really enjoyed that, which is what we like out of our in-conversations. So hairdressing's loss, most definitely our gain. Well, my other guest on Sunday morning also very nearly took a different path to entertainment when he had early ambitions to be a doctor. Harry Hill soon realised that laughter was the best medicine and brought us TV burp. Here he is telling me how they got all those fantastic clips. Uh, there were five of us who would uh, be sent uh, preview DVDs or, you know, VHSs when we first started, and we would just, I uh, would have a great big pile, great big carrier bag of them, and put one in after the other. So two hours of Emmerdale, two hours of <laughs> EastEnders, Apprentice, um... Eddie Stobart, Trucks and Trailers. <laughs> and I would just watch and I'd make a note of the things that, you know, the little clips I thought were funny. And then we would have this long meeting where we'd all show each other our... Clips. Our clips. <laughs> it was like a slideshow. <laughs> Look at my holiday slap. And, um, and a lot of us, you know, a lot of the time we, we spotted the same things. Because yeah. we didn't, we didn't sort of apportion it. We didn't say, right, you do EastEnders, I'll do Emmerdale. And then I'd go away at the end of the week. I'd write down all the bits that I thought were funny and pretend to write down the ones that I didn't think were funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go and write the script on Saturday, and uh, and then that was the way it went. That's it. He was such a nice man. In fact, they were both... We don't, we don't have bad guests on In Conversation. So, Robert Lindsay and Harry Hill, very good reason to catch this week's In Conversation from Sunday morning from 6. We're actually here from 5am on Sunday morning with the best of Steve Allen from the week. And then just after that, it's In Conversation. So Harry Hill and Robert Lindsay, two very, a very good reason to actually spend your Sunday morning with us and your Saturday morning and your Saturday evening and your Saturday... In fact, just all day, 24 hours a day, and whatever you don't catch, you can podcast. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning with the hostage crisis leaving two Britons dead and forcing the Prime Minister to cancel his long-awaited speech on Europe. Nick will be getting all the latest from the scene. Plus, as Lance Armstrong gives the most anticipated TV confession in years to Oprah Winfrey... Uh, Nick will want to know what should happen next to the disgraced cyclist and can cycling ever recover? All that plus a full review of the day's newspapers with Nick Ferrari this morning and the team from Seven. Rachel Jane, deputy editor of the Sunday Express, will be in the studio looking at the papers. I'll run through the front pages in a moment. Susan Bookbinder, for it is she who is with you after the news at 6.30 this morning. 
We're talking about the Algeria hostage crisis. Britain set for this blanket of snow. Uh, whatever. The amount of people I've spoken to this morning, people coming in saying, oh, I hope it doesn't come to, down too badly later on. And I'm saying, what time do you finish? And they go, about one o'clock. Oh, no, horrible. 40 minutes up the, or 40 miles up the M40 is not a load of fun, is it, really? So I'm lucky, actually, I'm getting out quite early this morning. And they'll, they'll talk about Crossrail, the success at the London First Awards, all of that, and more with Susan Bookbinder after the news. Don't forget, I, mean, I, literally, I tweeted the other day that I have a charity show coming up at the Magic Circle on the 2nd of March. It's at 2.30 in the afternoon, which is uh, the old Chinese dentist joke, but we won't do that one again. And uh, we'll have a selection of close-up magicians, and then we have a stage show for you as well. It's only very small, the theatre. It's very nice and very intimate, and you'll be in good company with a lot of other LBC fans as well. So if you go to the Magic Circle website, there's details on there. But literally just, uh, just a handful of tickets which are left. So Magic Circle website, we look forward to seeing you. Daily Express, on the front page, proud Beatrice flying the flag in Germany. Nobody knew who they were. Nobody knew who they were. It was deeply embarrassing. Normally you get big turnouts for stuff like this, but they're saying, why have you sent us those two? And the answer is, I don't know. Apparently number 10 asked for them, which seems a bit strange. Snow chaos could last three days. Roads, trains, flights at risk of major disruption. The army on standby. 12 inches, they say we should get. 12 inches. I mean, that'll be a first in this country. Daily Star. Uh, HMV hits Hillsborough. This is the charity single. They've had half the money. They would like the other half of it, but as HMV has got creditors as long as your arm, and they owe 170 million, it might be a little bit remote, so at least they've got something. The bloodbath in the, dev- in the desert, which they'll be talking about with Susan Bookbinder just after the news at half past. Multiple Brits is the headline killed by Al-Qaeda on the front of the Daily Mirror, plus they're talking about 12 inches of snow. Uh, Katie Price, who laughingly has got married again, surprisingly, and took away a handful of people, so it'll be nice that the children just do appreciate the fact that her bedroom door is a revolve. On the uh, Daily Mail today, they've got uh, Downton's Lady Mary and her 25,000 Hollywood makeover. Actually, strangely enough, the, the advert that made me smile today was in The Express. Richard Desmond plugging his... Uh, healthcare lottery, saying it's only a pound a ticket for R1, and I wanted to do it for this and that. I thought, yes, but it's also making you incredibly rich at the same time. So he's doing exactly the same as Camelot, except this one benefits Richard Desmond and his charities, and you can make money as well. It's because people are complaining in the papers and saying that if the ticket goes up to two pounds, they will not be buying a lottery ticket, which actually I shouldn't imagine bothers Camelot in the slightest. A lot of people will be buying it. Some people won't. If you don't want to buy a ticket, don't buy a ticket. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to twist your arm. Listen, have a great weekend. I hope that the snow manages to sort of come in and go out fairly quickly. But if you have to drive today, take extreme care. If you don't need to drive, if your journey's not that essential, then cancel it. Better to be safe than be sorry. I don't want to lose any more listeners. Thank you very much indeed on a Sunday if we have all the bad weather coming down. I'll be back with you on Sunday morning between five and six for the best of Steve Allen. Just after that, it'll be this week's In Conversation. Robert Lindsay and Harry Hill are our two thespians in the studio for this week. And you can podcast the programme as well. Go to lbc.co.uk. Thank you for all your texts and emails this week. We'll start again on Monday. Fresh week, more stories, more uh, more lovely celebrities. Nick and the team with you at seven. Next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder.